Good morning. Welcome on in, DJ and PK. Six o'clock. Thanks for joining us this early Monday morning, the last full week in January. How's your winter going? Is it going by fast? Going by slow? Well, I hope it's going by however you want it to go by. I'm PK. DJ's off today, but we still got a ton of stuff to talk about. Yeah, it's awesome. Really, I mean, my goodness, you couldn't ask for more over this sports weekend this time of year. The NFL, absolutely incredible. Where to start? You want last-second field goals? We got one. We got two. We got three. I think we probably have to start with the Chiefs and the Bills. Oh, my goodness. All the action throughout that game, particularly in the last two minutes. Josh Allen is a stud, only to be outdone by your man, Patrick Mahomes, getting the ball with 13 seconds to go. You saw what happened. Goes and gets a tying field goal, and then they get the winner in overtime. Something's got to change, though. That overtime rule in the NFL, don't like it. Bills never got an opportunity to get the ball out on the field. Obviously, both defenses were suffering, so you could argue that the winner of that game is going to come down whoever flipped the coin, whoever won the coin flip, because I don't know that the Chiefs' defense was going to stop the Bills, and if it came down to a touchdown, really, who didn't think that the Bills were not going to go and score a touchdown? So you're telling me a flip of the coin now, it's a little more complicated than that, obviously, but winning the coin flip goes a long way in that circumstance when both defenses were just awful, running on empty big time there, and that's what happens. And then the Rams, how in the world do you let Cooper Cup of all people get behind you? What's going on there? That didn't seem to make any sense, did it? Oh, sheesh. The Tampa Bay Bucks, their defense, just brutal down the stretch. Come on, man. Would have liked to have seen Tom Brady get another one. 44 years old. We'll see what he does now. Either way, man, it was great. And how about the Cowboys and the Pack or the Cowboys, not the Cowboys. The Packers losing the way they did on Saturday night, that was just crazy to San Francisco. Doesn't even score an offensive touchdown, but so what? They get a blocked punt and a couple of field goals, and away they go. Aaron Rodgers looking great right off the start. First possession, they score, and then nothing. Come on. Got to move the ball better than that. And then, of course, oh, since he was an anti-vaxxer, I guess, you go on social media and all the people who are for that, we know which side of the aisle they're on. <clears throat> Let's call it like it is. They say, oh, well, he had it coming and blah, blah, blah. Football turning political. I just don't like it. That's me. I like to keep my sports separate. How about that? Ooh, speaking of political, John Stockton. Did you hear him giving the interview? He's banned from going to Gonzaga games. I'm sure you heard about that. Go to KSL.com. Check out what I wrote. I didn't know what I think was a different take on it. Rather, you can see it on my Twitter feed, PK Kinahan. It's on there, too. Rather than say, oh, John was this or that. Gosh, all these the pundits want to let us know their opinions. I just think that, no, first of all, I mean, you can just know whatever their political alliances are, that's what their opinion is going to be. By this time, two years in this pandemic, we know everybody's political alliance. We know what they're going to say or write before they even do it. I put a piece just saying, this is not John Stockton. This is not who he is. Really? Is this who he is? He seemed to be so much shying away from any type of media activity, and then he's out front on this issue, of all things. So go check it out. It's been that way for a long time, and then he decides to 
make his voice known on this. Banned from Gonzaga for basketball games. I think they have five more games this year. He can't go. He's the most legendary, celebrated former Gonzaga Bulldog ever and probably will be forever since he grew up there and he still lives there. That's his home. Can't go there. Wow. What a crazy story, huh? All right. Well, we also had some local stuff going on, too. College basketball and NBA basketball. It's that time of year, right? The Utes getting better, not getting any wins. Lost SC on Saturday. Let you hear from Coach Craig Smith. What are his thoughts as the Utes progress towards the second part of the season? Got about a month or so, about six weeks to go before you get down to Vegas, and they probably have an early exit, and then it's time to reload. Here is University of Utah coach Craig Smith after his team, the Utes, lost to nationally ranked USC on Saturday at the Huntsman Center. Well, uh, first of all, uh, you know, it's a special night for running Utes basketball, uh, retiring Watt Masaka, um, his uniform, and um, having all of his family here and everything. It's a special night. That guy was a trailblazer beyond trailblazers in so many ways. And uh, it's a special, special night um, for the running youth. So um, wish we could have played a little bit better. Um, had some bright spots, but certainly not enough of them. You know, credit to USC. USC is a very, very, very good basketball team. Um, they have there's nothing they don't have. I mean, they have great point guard play, great athleticism up and down the lineup, elite size and versatility. Um, and they just play a lot of different ways. And you see, you usually, you know, when you make some mistakes, they make you pay. And they're just, they're hard to score on. I mean, like, it's just very difficult to score on those guys in the paint. You got to make threes. And we did make some threes, um, but not enough of them. Um you know, uh, Drew Peterson was unbelievable tonight, and that guy—he's um, uh, that, that guy does everything. I mean, he can guard anybody. He can play point guard. They can play him, be small, play him at the four, and then he's kind of that triple double guy at the wing. You know, uh, I'm not saying he's Scottie Pippen or anything like that, but he has that kind of game that just can—you know—he can score it. He's an excellent passer. Uh, he's an excellent rebounder. You can put him on the other team's best player. He's just that dude is good. I think he had seven made threes in league play coming into the game and I think maybe not, maybe 17 threes all year and he goes five for five and we were kind of you know, it didn't feel like we were only down like nine it felt like more but we were just kind of being in a dangerous spot for them. I'm not sure they felt like uncomfortable but um and then he stuck two big threes on like same side kind of drawing pitch and, and from not just like uh, uh, like a, it was, they were deep, deep threes. So you're kind of like, okay, shoot it, and you know, if he misses, it should feed into our transition game. But obviously, he's a great player, and and he made those. I thought we did a good job on Mobley. I mean, he's such a mismatch for us, you know, at the four. And but I thought we did a really good job with, for the most part, with our uh, doubles most of the night. Uh, Boogie Boogie Alice has had the best of us both games. Um, you know, we have 18 assists. We only had. Uh, excuse me, 16 assists, 10 turnovers. That was good. Um, you know, we had some untimely turnovers. Of course, when you feel like your back is against the ball, every turnover is untimely. But as a whole, I thought we did a solid job with that. Gabe was really good tonight. Gabe was really good all weekend. I mean, 6 for 12 from the field. Hit some big ones. That kind of got us back into it in the first half when we made our big run. Uh, the dude just knows how to play. We've been talking about Gabe for a while. And obviously, just an unfortunate injury early in the year that really set him back. But now you got we can all kind of see the kind of player that he is. And he 
he's going to continue to be. I thought our young guys played very, very well. Um, um, our veteran guys uh, need to be better for us if we're going to beat a team uh, of this caliber. So, you know, we're in the middle of a tough stretch, three games, three games and uh, four games in eight days, three of those teams, you know, top 25 teams, top 10 teams for a stretch until last weekend. And so no doubt we got better. We looked slow at times out there. We had some lineups that looked awesome out there, uh, mainly the young guys that played super connected. And so, um just got to keep climbing, the, you know, keep getting better. Still got three straight road games coming up, so it's certainly not going to get any easier. So, Craig, Craig you, you mentioned that, you know, you, you guys have gotten better every single game, especially during during this streak. But, I mean, would, would you say tonight was more just a, a, a bad matchup for your team? It's a tough matchup, no no doubt. They're, they're a, it's a tough matchup for us. And, and, but part of that is... You know, just it's obviously the matchup, but they got some players. I mean, when Peterson plays like that, it, they are. I mean, that's a team that can win it all. And because, because like what we said, I mean, their rim protection, the way they rebound, um, I think they're so high level on the defensive end, and then they're so efficient on the offensive end. You know, they just they can do it in so many ways. So uh, I do think that. I thought we looked a little more sluggish tonight, certainly than the than Thursday. And I don't know if that's four games in eight days. You know, uh, it might be some of that. If you look at our minutes besides uh, Lazar, I mean, that's our everybody. Nobody played more than 23 minutes. And why were we doing that? Just to try to keep guys just the legs feed the wolves. If your legs aren't fresh, you got to you got to be able to go. And so but we certainly had some guys that were were sluggish and and not as sharp as we need to be. On, on Thursday, you had talked about maybe keeping the, the quick slowing out and everything that way. Today, in the first half especially, you played 11 guys. Are you, are you liking what you're seeing there? Or was today maybe a little bit different than... Um, what, I felt like it was a lot different game, for sure. Um, I don't... Let's be real. I don't like to play like these subbing all the time like and have an 11 guy I think it's hard it's, it is hard for players to get a rhythm at times right like it is but I think it can work for some for, for some guys too and we just our second half defense has not been our first half defense has been pretty good as a whole our second half is we've been shredded at times so you know against UCLA I thought we, we were pretty good on that end, we were able to give ourselves a chance to win that game at, against a high-caliber team, and I think a lot of that was just because we were we were very fresh at the end. We got to be able to play guys more than you know, but we but we got to prove that we can do that consistently, and um, we haven't proven that consistently. So, Craig, oh, you guys have now lost eight eight straight. Um, would you say coming into next week in the Washington schools that this is probably the most critical stretch of your guys' season? Like I said, it's too many to keep track of right now. But um, and I say that tongue in cheek, of course. But I mean, I'm more for focused on. Uh, I, I'm excited about our team. Hopefully, Brandon can get back here soon. And I don't know if he'll play Wednesday, Saturday. I don't know. Might, maybe it might not be till Colorado. Um, but I think we've seen some good progress from from some guys. And the last two games, I mean, a guy like Eli comes in, and Eli played great. He only played seven minutes against UCLA, but he played good, and he impacted the game. Tonight, he impacted the game. thought he played great, you know what I mean, besides his first shot. <laughs> but a um, guy like Jackson Brenchley's come off the bench, and, and just he's given us some juice. And so, um, um, and we just need more of that. So is it, you know, what did you say? Is it important? What was the word you used? The most critical stretch? Um, 
I'd rather, you know, it's still long. I mean, it's not long because we got about six weeks to go, but we just got to try to keep on getting better, hopefully get Carlson back and get him back into a rhythm and and keep growing these young guys to, to get where we need to go. And, you know, um, there's the old adage, I'd ra- you know, I'd rather be at the end of the year, I'd rather be a good team playing great than a great team playing good. And so we just got to keep pushing forward and climbing the ladder and, and I'm not going to go to that extent, you know, but we need to play. We've got to play well, and it would be nice to get a dub. When you talk about that, do you bring up Oregon State last year? You we did. We, uh, I believe we said Oregon State. I, th- I think we talked about them a little bit on okay. Tuesday. As far as getting it going. Yeah. We all know how that goes, right? Like sometimes – and our guys have had a great attitude, fellas, as a whole, as a whole. Um, like coming out ready to go and mentally, you know, being locked into a game plan and what we're trying to do. And, you know, sometimes you get to this point where teams just shut down. I don't feel like we like I don't think we've shut down. Uh, obviously, it's easy to see we haven't. So we have a good spirit to us and uh, a group of guys that really want to represent running youth basketball the right way. We're, just, we're in a tough stretch and we're going to be real about it. And um, um, so, yeah, we brought them up the other night because it's just you never know how this thing can go where all of a sudden you start making a few shots, get a few breaks here or there, and it, it, things can snowball quickly, good or the other way. Great. Just to be frank, I mean, you're, you're pretty candid with us in the sense you're not coach speak, a lot of that stuff. Do you feel like in your first year that you're just, you, you have to kind of speak that way, or is this just kind of who you are in the sense of, like, look, we've got to do what we need to do, and this is, it sucks right now, but... How, 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 do you, how do you kind of approach that? Well, I've always wanted to win the day every day. I am, I'm the worst loser you'll ever find. Now, I'm never going to carry it over on a personal note. Now, it, it will be conveyed to the team appropriately depending on the situation. But um, you got to win the day, and it's a process thing. And right now, I, I've... You know, we're, we're learning how to tie our shoelaces in some respects. And this team has been through a lot, a lot. And, um, and they, but they just keep showing up ready to roll. So I hate losing. It's not lip speak when you say we're not light on losing. I'm the worst. Um, and, uh, but I'm also, I think you got to be, you have to be unrealistically realistic. Um, but as long as we can just keep getting better and better, I watched the game against USC on December second, and we are night and day compared to that team. Not, it's not even close. Not even close. And so that excites me. That's that excites our staff. I th- and I think you can see the progress some of these guys are making. I mean, at that time, Stefanovic was like a Bambi. Uh, he really couldn't even control either leg for half the game. Now he's got most of the time both legs under control, except on a couple of those drives today. Got time for a couple more? Yeah, what's the morale like on this team? I mean, we are on the tough losing skid, but also you said getting better from the beginning of the season to now, which we would expect. But now after a loss like this, what's the morale like? How do you keep going? Uh, well, we're going to just we're going to bring high energy and we're going to keep teaching and coaching and show them our team ways to get better and what we're doing really, really well. I think you got to show both, right? And uh, I, I know I've used this a couple times, but you seem, it, the world, it feels like for some people, the world's caving in. Like, have some perspective. Let's just keep getting better. So I know that's a cliche, um, but what's the mood? Well, I think it depends on the guy, right? And, and 
mental toughness is an amazing thing. Physical toughness is nice too, but mental toughness and the guys that love to play and love to compete, right, and love to get better, those guys are going to show up. And we got uh, quite a few of those guys. So, and then of course you're going to have some guys that feel sorry for themselves, whether because their team is losing or. You know, maybe they're not playing as much as they want to play, or maybe they're not producing the way they need to play. So, um, so I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag. All right, that's Craig Smith. Coming up next, we will let you hear from the BYU Cougars. They get a nice win over Portland on Saturday, right? As they continue to roll, they're down to their final ten games. Stay with us. We'll get to that next. Welcome on in, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for joining us, DJ and PK. BYU basketball continuing to roll, as long as it's not Gonzaga, right? (laughs) Don't know that they're going to roll against Gonzaga. But they're beating everybody else in the conference, so there's something to be said for that. And they got another win on Saturday night. They honored the 81 team. What, they go to the Elite Eight? Is that what it was? Yeah, how about that, man? 41 years later. Not 40 years later, 41 years later. A little odd that it wasn't uh, last year. I guess maybe with the pandemic that they didn't want to do any of that stuff. That's probably what it was. So I take that back. Yeah, probably the right time to do it since that was the circumstances that they're dealing with. Okay, let you hear some BYU sound from their big win on Saturday. Yeah, um, tonight was crazy. It was a great game, a great win for us. Uh, We went out there and had fun. Everybody had their brothers' backs out there. And, you know, we know it's going to be frustration every game, but... You know, we got to get the job done and just have fun doing it. Okay, keep going. Let's keep going. like two minutes. Oh, okay. So, um, talk about who played well, the different changes in the game. So, yeah, it was okay. a lot of different. With the coaches, like the coach was fired. <laughs> coach Pope, great. <laughs> nice. That's not convincing at all. Keep going. But, um, yeah, so tonight they threw a lot of different looks at us. You know, one last game we was able to get downhill more. This game it was a lot of, uh, you know, perimeter shots and everything, so having to adjust. But um, I feel like we did pretty good just maneuvering throughout it. And um, what I got to say about this Foots, man, six for six on his birthday? That's great. That's crazy. Uh, I could go across the line, though. Caleb, A.B., T. Zorn, Trev. I could go across the line. They all play really really well. And, you know, we can't do it without them. I got to keep going. That was awesome. (laughs) That was great. And then you say, I'll I'll open up for questions. I'll open up for questions. Coach, first question. Now, this Portland team came in number one in free throw percentage of the nation. 81.6. Well, that's that's team, man. That's the student section, baby. That is uh, that's the magic of playing in this building, and um, they've been great for us all year. And it's hard, like it's hard. I mean, you got I don't know what the real number is. I always say like sixty thousand, but but it's probably only six thousand students, and they're like uh, they're on it, and they care, and they take pride in it. And um, yeah, I'm telling you, it's just. I mean, where is there a basketball environment with a student session like that? I just don't – I don't think there is one. And so they had a huge impact on the game. We knew – you know, we went through a little stretch of the second half where we kind of had three fouls where, you're, you, you know, you're just um, rubbing your head a little bit and uh, they were a little inexplicable and our student section bailed us out. It's pretty fun, right? Coach, tonight was a night where you guys um, doubled the offense and Well, I'm going to tell you this. This is a good team. 
You know, you think about, uh, you know, they, they, they went up huge on uh, San Diego at San Diego, and then it just the game just kind of weirdly, in a weird way, on the road got away from like it does on the road. It's hard to win on the road. And then they went, they, they went on the road and they blitzed Pepperdine. And then uh, they're playing at LMU, and, and like two minutes before the game, they make a game-time decision that, that, uh, that uh, Mo can't play. And, you know, they're starting three, who clearly you saw how effective he is tonight. He's a real problem. And so this team is really good. Shantae's a great coach. Uh, this is a good young team. Uh, and when they shoot it like they shot it tonight, I mean, they really shot it tonight, uh, they're dangerous. They can do some damage in this league. And so we knew that. Um, you know, every team in this league is good. And um, we, 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 you know, we felt like Foos had a real advantage. The one thing that they've shown is that they'll allow you to get every post catch you want, and then they're just going to really pack it in. They're not going to sell out to try and take away catches. They're just going to pack it in after. And it, for a freshman, Foos was unbelievable at managing all the bodies in there. And Atiki was unbelievable Atiki, managing exactly. all the bodies in there. And his couple post catches, I was super proud of him. And um, and then, you know, our goal tonight was to try and touch the paint. Like, we had to find a way to touch the paint. They're packing in. They switched a lot of ball screens. You know, they're bringing a lot of people, so it's hard to get downhill. So we had to find ways to touch the paint. And I thought Alex and Tijon were unbelievable playing off two feet and, and, and finding send for three. That was kind of the game plan. Just everyone get to the paint and then pass the ball to Seneca so we can make a three. <laughs> Yeah, and it's um, we're growing, right? Uh, Tijon was unbelievable in the first half. Sen was unbelievable in the first half. How about these guys finishing the half? Like, they got some magic. This team has some magic. It has nothing to do with coaching either. These just smart, high IQ, feel the, the, the importance of the moment. But, man, we finished the half, the last minute of the half. Uh, every game here has been really special for us, and they did it again. Um, so, you know, it's all around all good. Uh, it felt great. I, I passed up one earlier, and they just all came to me and just told me to keep shooting. Like, you're going to miss a couple. We believe in you just to keep shooting and everything. So to be able to give them that spark and just knowing that they believe in me and knowing that I was able to, you know, fulfill what they were asking me to do, it felt great. Sen ran into that first charge, and he was like, okay, fine. I'm just going to shoot threes. No, nah, definitely. It was really <laughs> effective. It was really effective. It was just great. And, you know, the fan base here is ridiculous. So, you know, I had two early fouls, sat most of the first, you know, how, it's, uh, how it goes. But um, they were just telling me, shoot, I hit the one before that. They was to come, when T-John came down and they double teamed him, all the fans were like, send, send, send. They were like, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. So I shot it and turned around, and then the kids just put his hand out. So it just it was great to celebrate with them. They great. Seneca, for you, going, going back to like Thursday, I guess, how, how much more comfortable do you feel in your role just this week? What has it meant to you for, for your role right now? Um, you know, just trying to fill uh, feel void. I would say that's my main thing. So whether it's scoring, defending, rebounding, whatever I could do to help this team win, I'm willing to do it. So I'd say that's really about it. You know, the magic about Seneca right now is he, he had a great offensive night making shots, right? And um, he had a great playmaking uh, night. Did we play two nights ago? Yep. Yes, he did. And um, but like, what's super impressive, and the reason why, you know, there's 11 minutes left, and he's 12 minutes left, he picks up his third foul. I'm like, I got to get him out of this game because, like, he's getting to a spot where I'm like, I need him in, in the game, like in the meat of the game. I need to be able to have him. 
Um, and it's because his defensive numbers are off the charts right now for us. He's really good. He's really making a huge impact. Gideon is. Spencer Johnson is making a huge impact defensively. And, and starting against a team that was red hot to start this game. I mean, did they miss a shot in the first 10 minutes? And maybe not. We feel like and, um, and so these guys coming off the bench and, and taking a stand is so important to our team. They change us defensively, and they did for sure tonight. Sen was awesome. Coach, how valuable is, is Sen's contributions to – It's really important because he, we've talked about this since the beginning of the season. Like mm-hmm. we've had rough patches, yeah. yes, we did, we did. And um, it's kind of like just saying, "Hey, just like you're, it's gonna work, it's gonna fit." Like it's just is it just is an adjustment period, not just for Sen, but for me also learning each other and um, and he's been so consistent defensively, minus the. Foul on the three-point shot, but Man. so consistent <laughs> defensively that you know when guys play that way, you can just kind of like leave them out there, and um, and and we know that his offensive skill set is unique to us, and I mean it, it matters. Like you know, you, everybody saw Tiki take another step tonight, and we're seeing Fuscore every single night, and Caleb Loner took a step forward tonight, and Seneca Knight took a real step forward tonight, and and that's that's super important for our team to reach its ceiling. It's fun. It's fun to watch guys grow, man. It's pretty cool. You mentioned his defense. Yeah, I wonder why I ever take him out of the game. I mean, really, like he just is—he just is so—he's so impactful on the court, and um, he's not putting up big numbers, but he's taking care of the ball. He's, he's a good ball mover right now, and he'll—he'll he'll bang threes when he needs to, and he's really good downhill, getting to a finish. But his 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 work defensively. Is just like it's such a gift to our team because he just goes out there and disrupts everything. He's he's just he's terrific. So he's, you know, he's he's the, every single game. I feel like he's the unsung hero, and um, he's doing an incredible job for us. Coach, what does it mean for you guys to to um, get a chance to see the halftime? You know, they were honoring the 1988 BYU basketball team. Yeah. What, what does that mean to you, and how do you turn that into your program? So a bunch of the guys came to shoot around today, and then we had a dinner uh, for, for the coaches and the, and the team uh, before that I, I never break my pregame protocol ever, but I did just to go see them for five minutes. Um, it is, you know, we take, it, uh, we take it for granted a little bit, I think. And let me explain what I mean. Like we walk into this building, and there's 15,000 people. And this, the greatest, most accomplished team to ever compete for BYU, all these 15,000 people and those people have put aside their life for a couple hours to come support these guys and watch these guys. And that's super humbling. And when I walked into that dinner tonight and talked to those guys for two minutes, that's how I really felt. I felt super humbled. Um, because these are these are great men and great families, great coaches and players that did something that has never been replicated. Like you guys know how much we love history, and these guys have done something that's never been done here. And um, to think that they're willing to walk in this gym and watch us fight and, and support us is is incredible. And um, we also remember every single day. We talk about it all the time. We get to walk in and have 15,000, 18,000, 17,000 people in this building because those guys built this incredible fan base. 
when they were playing, it was 23 every single night, right? They built this like generational love for this university. So the reason Sang gets to bang a three and a youngster's losing his mind on the front row and he gets to run down the court and, and, and give him five, which is kind of like a like one of those magical dream scenarios you dream about growing up is because of what those guys did. I mean, those guys essentially built this building. And um, so I think a lot of humility and a lot of gratitude uh, and then a lot of hunger. My last comment to them was like, we got to take you guys off the board, man. It's the most accomplished team. We got to find a way to do it somehow. So it was really special. It's really special. How valuable is it to have a guy like Danny Ainge who's so synonymous with the game of basketball to still be invested in and be a supporter of BYU? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you know, you think about it. Like, in my locker room after the game, I got Greg Kite. Greg Kite talking to Atiki Ali Atiki. Greg Kite, Elite Eight here, four NBA championships, 12, 13, 14 years in the NBA. Like, uh, you know, same size guys, just a little bit of weight difference right now. And, and who gets that, right? When you, I really believe this, like the best, the very best programs in college basketball, those guys are invested and engaged. And so it's pretty special, man. We, we should feel like a family, and, and we're, we're really working to get there. Sam, you ever hear any of those guys? What is that? You ever hear of any of those guys that were, that were on that team, Danny Ainge? And of course, Danny Ainge. I heard of him before. And uh, Greg Kite, uh, they, they legend, and they respect the field playing basketball. We got to meet Steve Trumbo today, which Sam doesn't know what a legend he is, but he does know Steve the, the Trumbo looks big, right? He, he looked big. Yeah. Uh, actually, we were talking about a comparison with him and Foos um, with some, some long-time fans who were like, man, sometimes Foos reminds me because cause Trumbo got every single rebound, right? And um, it's fun having those guys around. Coach, Coach Mason Tiki, um, how much of a He's really, he's fun. Yes, he's fun. He's very impactful. Especially you know sometimes you get beat downhill and just you just watching it, you just watching the block. You just know it's about to happen. But he's been improving every single game. He comes out and works hard every single day, and he's really trying to get it. And it's just it's enjoyable to play with him. Our guys get so energized that by that. I'm a little scared that our guys are going to start letting dudes drive down the lane just because they want to watch it. He's like, okay, I can get on the break right now. I'm going to let him go by me. <laughs> Cherry pick. He's going to clean up the glass and let's go. Don't do that. We can't start doing that. Coach, obviously, um, you know, Danny Ainge is the CEO of Jazz now since here locally. Just kind of curious, what is your relationship like with him? How much do you go to him just for basketball stuff or, or advice, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, all these guys. Like, um, you know, it's, it's funny because it's, we're trying to tap into all of – we have like Roger Reed was here and Frank Arnold was here. I mean, I've had multiple meetings with both those coaches, with Coach Rose, with Coach Cleveland, meetings where we sit down and do X's and O's. They'll bring in play sheets and like we'll talk about it. Same with Danny. Like, um, you know, Danny's been super generous. Just, you know, it's not like really detailed specific to BYU, but just like exploring the game. What I, what I love talking to Danny about is just the trends and the direction of the game because he's kind of like the front vanguard and then 
like whoever can get close to that front is actually going to win, right? And so um, all those guys have been so generous. Like I said, Greg was sitting in the locker room talking to Atiki. I mean, Greg can share things with Atiki that I can't. That he just knows, right? And so it's super, it's super impactful. I don't know. That's a little bit. That's a little bit. It's a little bit sacred, right there. <laughs> We're very much routine. Like San has just been here for 20, 21? 20 games. Twenty-one games. He's just been here for twenty-one games, and he's already like, man, we do the same thing every shoot around. Coach says exactly the same words at exactly the same time. Our pregame speech is exactly the same speech <laughs> every single time. So we're we're very much in a routine. We believe in it. There you go. That was the Cougars. Coming up next, we will get to the Jazz Heartbreaker in San Francisco. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Welcome on in, DJ and PK. As we do after every Jazz game, get you the comments of Quinn Snyder and the players. They lose. Bogdanovich has an opportunity to win it at the buzzer. Royce O'Neal to tie it. I guess uh, Bogdanovich would have been right before the buzzer because O'Neal's literally was at the buzzer, the tip in, the putback, hung out of the rim, would have tied the game. Who knows what would happen? But it did not go. Here are, here are the Jazz, their thoughts on the loss as they continue to lose basketball games here. What's that? 3-8 uh, and eight in their last 11? All right. Quinn Snyder and his guys with the Jazz postgame show. Inside the locker room. Stay with us here. We'll let you hear from all everybody who's available starting right now. Jake Scott, take it away. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz fall by two to the Golden State Warriors, 94 to 92 last night. They got 21 from Boyan Bogdanovich, 16 from Rudy Gay coming in off the bench. Rudy Gobert had 12 to go along with 18 rebounds, but not enough. Steph Curry struggled shooting the ball. Five of 21 of 13, only 13 points for Steph, but Jordan Poole had 20. Um, Andrew Wiggins had 14. Otto Porter Jr. with 13. Kevin Looney with 10. Uh, and uh, Damian Lee got hot, came in and gave uh, the Warriors 12 off the bench. Let's get some postgame sound. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. <laughs> No, I, to be honest, I, I told our our team too. I just thought, you know, our whole group really competed, you know, kind of, and you know, those guys gave us gave us juice, and uh, that's you know that's what we need for guys coming off the bench. But I I thought, you know, across the board, you know, we we didn't play as well as we want to. You know, I thought I thought. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, the most well-played game. There was missed shots, but I thought both teams really, really competed in battle. That's that's what we saw. Well, I think both – we could say the same thing about, about our team. You know, I mean, when you um, – when the floor is faced and you drive and guys are going to get some open looks, you know, and to me, um, you know, you'd like to have them contested. Um, but as I said, I, I thought we, we really, we competed. And, um, you know, when we got out and run, ran, you know, and, and the ball kept moving, that's when we had the most success offensively. Very happy. 
yeah, Boyan Bogdanovich is as clutch a player as there is in this league. And, you know, you, you see what he, if there's something available and maybe get a timeout and draw something up and probably not get as good a look as we got. Um, and as evidenced by the fact that it was, it was in and out and we also got a chance to rebound it. So their defense wasn't set. So um, not second guessing that one. In a game situation, yeah, that's something, you know, either you get a quick timeout and advance the ball um, or you get a chance to take a look in transition and maybe there's something good, um, you know, particularly down two. Um, and with that, you know, him getting – getting the three in that situation with a chance to, to win the game. And then again, us getting a rebound. If we didn't like what we saw, you know, we can still have time to get a quick timeout and, and try to get a quick two. But, um, you know, I think our whole team's confident when Boyan has the ball in, you know, in that, in that situation. With his size, you know, he's able to get a clean look, even if it's contested and that, that's what he got. It's hard for me to hear after we rally back left. You know, I, I thought, you know, Sarah mentioned too, you know, they missed some shots, but I thought we were we were battling on defense and sometimes, you know, those shots maybe aren't as comfortable, you know, if we're rotating to somebody, we rebounded, um, which, you know, on the other end, you know, I thought when we started getting into the paint, you know, we were, we were able to kick the ball back out and either shoot it or, you know, drive some close out. So I thought in both, on both sides of the ball, you know, we were aggressive. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team fell by two, 94 to 92. Let's now uh, get to the players. Let's start off with Rudy Gobert. Rudy, um, how's Recording the knee? Recording in and, progress. And, um, I mean, how's the calf? I'm sorry. How's the calf and, and what do you anticipate, you know, with, with this injury kind of going forward in the short term? Uh, I mean, so, you know, I think it's just a little strain. You know, I never, I never really had that before, so I don't know. It's hard for me to tell, uh, you know, how many games or how long uh, it would take to heal. But uh, I don't think it's nothing, anything bad. You know, I just think and I try to play through, <laughs> I try to play through everything, and uh, uh, you know, I play with uh, I sprained my ankle against Houston. So I try to play through that, but I think he puts he puts a little more pressure on on the calf and then on everything else. So just a minor injury, you know. I, uh, I think we we're going to be cautious, obviously, but uh, should be should be fine. Should be fine. So we saw you kind of flexing your leg um, during that last, you know, that time out with about two and a half minutes left. When did you first notice that something had, you know, when, when I just felt, I right? felt it right away. I stepped and I felt something slowly like, uh, I had a feeling in my calf. I felt something like slowly, you know, like a wheel, uh, not a tear, but a slow tear. So I, I knew something was, so I knew something happened, but I, once again, uh, I try to play through it and, uh, 
I could feel that I wasn't moving right, you know, and I didn't want to make it worse. So, you know, sometimes you gotta, yeah, sometimes you gotta be smart, and then, uh, you know, if it's a strain and uh, you make it worse, it, it can be a, a lot, lot worse. So, you know, just try to be cautious with it. Tonight, I, I want to know kind of what you saw out of Eric Paschal and and Trent Forrest. I mean, amazing, amazing competitiveness. You know, we, we they, they they played really hard, and I, I thought as a team we played really hard. You know, uh, the Warriors play really hard too. Give, you got to give them credit. You know, they they, they really play uh, really hard defense. They, you know, they all collapse and they they you know they they're a very active team defensively. They're a really good defensive team, and uh, you know we one shot away from winning the game. So you know it's. Uh, really, really, really proud of the effort of the team tonight, and uh, you know, obviously, a lot of room to grow. But uh, it's it's as long as we come out with the with that with that kind of competitiveness, you know, it's uh, uh, it's a good it's a good step for us. There's Rudy Gobert. Rudy, 12 points, 18 rebounds, three assists. He did leave the game, uh, did not finish the game. You heard him talk about his calf. He's got a strained calf. Not sure if he's going to be able to play tonight against Phoenix. Let's now hear from Rudy Gay. A lot of energy, especially from your best friend, you know, Castle, Trent Forrest. Where do you think that things let you down? I don't think there's energy. Um... Um, you know, we um, I think the first half we didn't really uh rebound the ball as we should have. Um, you know, I think we played pretty good defense in the second half. Um, we, we fought with another team, um, Steph played with composure, he made sure that everybody involved, and, and um, you know, they came out with the win. But you know, I think we were starting the game like with, with the defensive intensity that we had in the second half, we were a bit better. Compared to uh, what the game against the Warriors was like three weeks ago, what were kind of the big differences tonight? Well, the outcome wasn't different, so, you know, not much. I mean, you know, like I said, they're a good team. You got to take your head off to them. They execute it. You know, they, they played better for more plays than we did. And, you know, we're a team we've been through a lot this past month. Uh, we're going through, still going through a lot. You know, Donovan being out, um, Hassan being out, uh, myself being out. Uh, but, like, you know, everybody's been out for a little bit. And we've still been competitive and playing and playing these games and, and really being in all of them. So, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be good to get everybody back and, um, you know, figure out what we can do. How do you guys get through um, some of the adversity that you guys have had this month in terms of, you know, the COVID and the injuries and you know, the difficult schedule, et cetera? I mean, it's the league. It's been like that forever besides the COVID part. Um, you know, it's tough. I mean, but, you know, it, it, it kind of it tells you what kind of what kind of team you are, builds character. Um, and also, other bodies have to step up and be, uh, you know, you know, be NBA players. And it's part of the game. There's Rudy Gay, 16 points from him, five rebounds. Let's wrap up player sound uh, by hearing from Boyan Bogdanovich. Just wondering how you're feeling and kind of what the progress is going forward. 
I mean, I don't know about thrombosis. I mean, I'm, I'm fine right now. It's just like hard, hard hit with, uh, with Daniel Lee. But uh, like I said, I'll be fine. I don't know what it is, but I'll be fine. With the schedule coming up, I mean, I know we've talked to you guys about that before, but now you, you might have even more of a sales improvement you had already with Donovan and Hassan out. So what needs to happen over the next few days? We gotta stay together. I mean, we showed tonight that uh, how resilient we, we are, that, that we can play even without our, our best player. But uh, like I said, the goal is to, to stay healthy as much as we can. Even we are having a lot of guys in uh, in and out, so every every single person, every single player is important. And like I said, no matter who is on the court, we gotta we gotta stay together and play play our basketball. As the season started, God, it's microphone comes out. As the season started, you got kind of like had a mentality of, you know, nothing matters with us until we do it in the playoffs. Uh, even as you're struggling, uh, you still had a mentality. That, you know, when you started off the season strong, you had a mentality. You still had a mentality that you guys are struggling. I mean, man, man, we have uh, we gotta have mentality, then we gotta we gotta play well in the postseason, and, and whatever we're doing during the season is to get us to get us better. No matter if we're gonna finish first, fourth, or or, or, or in play, we gotta be we gotta be ready when it's when it's time. But uh, like I said, the main main goal is to stay healthy. Even last season, we we had Mike and Donovan in and out during the during the playoffs, especially especially Mike, and so. Right now, we got again a lot of guys. So, our main goal is stay healthy and, and, and get better. And these last two games show us that we can we can improve even with a lot of guys out. It's not great, like you got a jumpy joint. No, exactly. I really thought that uh, that the ball is going in. It was it was in and out, and then we had even offensive boards. So it was like unlucky on both 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 my shots and uh, and the tip in. Uh, I had a look that I that I wanted. I really I really saw that. Uh, I really saw the the game winner. So, but that, that's that's what it is. I mean, our our defense kept us in the game. We 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 shot the ball pretty bad once again, but eleven points and. Uh, the last quarter, it's just just show how how to get a reward tonight. The last one, Holly Rowe. Boy, and it looked like you you uh, came down awkwardly on your knee. Like, what are you feeling, and and how concerned are you about just how you felt after that moment? I mean, I'm I'm fine right now. I really really hit someone someone when I went for a, for offensive board. I don't know. I cannot tell you much right now. It's right after the game, so tomorrow morning we'll know more. But uh, but I'll be fine. There's Bogdanovich, 21.7 of 17 shooting. Did get a bruised knee. Not sure if he's going to be available for the game against the Suns tonight. Either Jazz could be very shorthanded. 94 to 92, they lose to the Warriors. To back at it tonight in Phoenix. Tip off. Will be at seven o'clock. Pre-game coverage on the zone begins at six. All right, there you go. Jazz lose. Now we got to go on. We got the Suns tonight, best record in the league. What are you going to do? What do you think? Well, we'll get to that next. Coming up, seven o'clock hour. What's trending? In fact, Jake will come in here in about an hour and get his thoughts on everything that's going on in the world of sports. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 the zone. 
Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Out of kicks to the corner to Forrest, rotates to Clarkson, catch and shoot angle left three is good. Conley driving, right hand runner up and in, a la the old James Worthy move. Clarkson in the front court, driving on Magruder, gets to his right hand, hands to Gobert and dunks it. And a foul on Stewart who hit Gobert in the face. Left wing Bogdanovich, hesitates, drives, stops at the dotted line, collects himself, puts it up and in. 23 for Bogey. Bay shoots a three left side, misses, Gobert snares the rebound, we're done. All right, that was the nice win that the Jazz had the other night over Detroit. But as we'll get to the game that is most recent, the Jazz lose 94-92 to the Warriors. You watch it on television probably. Yeah, I mean, they gave a valiant effort if you want to go with that, if you want to rah, rah, rah for the home team or the visiting team, I guess, our home team, but the visiting team on the road there. But the Warriors were without Draymond Green. They are without Klay Thompson. And they're basically without Steph, uh, Steph Curry. Right? I mean, he was not good. Where they uh, were, uh, he was five of twenty. That isn't very good, right? And they just couldn't find a way to get the game in their favor. They had a little bit of a lead. Uh, you know, I like the way they played, but then they did. They bogged down. Now, fortunately for them, the offense for the Warriors was bogging down. So now they got the Suns tonight, and we've got Phoenix. With the best record in the league, 36-9. The Jazz are seven games behind them. Doesn't look like they have any chance, I wouldn't think, to be able to catch them in the standings. But you got a two-game set with the Suns, the home-and-home tonight in Phoenix, and then Wednesday in Salt Lake, right? We'll see what happens there as far as the availability of Bogdanovich, who landed awkwardly. Uh, Rudy Gobert talking about his calf strain. Uh, Hasn't had that injury, so he's not sure what's going to happen there. And Bogey talking about, well, no more today. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell has not played in a few. So the Jazz, they're not in a good streak right now. We can spin it any way we want, and they try hard, and they're good guys and all. But they're not winning games. They're not winning games to the consistent level that they need to. And they've got reasons. I get it. But nevertheless, they count. The other teams, when they have uh, stuff that's not going in their way, the Jazz get the win, and we never say anything about that. So we'll see what happens tonight. There you go. That's your Jazz. Hashtag NBA. Lines up at the far hash mark. 5.1 to go. John Goble blows his whistle. Hands the ball to Porter. Auto looking. Auto waiting. Curry with the catch. Guarded by Kevin Porter Jr. Curry dribbles on him. Step back. Jump around the way. Good at the buzzer. Ball game over. Stephen Curry runs for the locker room, but was head off of the pass by Raymond Ritter, the Warriors PR man. I've never been comfortable with anything in my game throughout my career. Put me in a position to just try to be one of the best ever. Russ played a really good basketball game. You know, he came in uh, very focused and, uh, you know, played efficient offensively and, you know, brought brought a pure energy to the game. You know, he just, you know, wanted to, uh, you know, impose his will, um, play his part, and um, played a hell of a game. As the buzzer sounds, the Clippers come away with a win. Down by 24 in the third. The Clippers do it again. 102 won your final score on a last gasp at Wells Fargo Center.
Now, that was crap that happened a few days ago. We'll get to the stuff that happened most recently last night. Uh, I'm not going to read all the scores there. This is not the uh, TV broadcast news here. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the games that mattered. The Lakers lose to the Heat. Always sad to see when the Lakers lose, isn't it? Yeah, not so much as they are one game below 500, four games below 500 on the road. Westbrook got benched the other night and then came back, and then last night they lose to the Heat. LeBron's continuing to rock 33-11. and 11. you got to give it to him, four assists at his advanced age, but they go down. And then the Pistons and the Nuggets. You know, the Jazz lost to the Pistons there a couple weeks back, right? Well, the Nuggets, of course, they found a way to win. Jokic, just an animal once again. 34 points, 9 boards, 8 assists. Man, makes it look so easy, doesn't he? he he's, he's something. Again, give it to the Nuggets. There's three games above 500. And they've had injury issues, too. But they're still at least competitive. And Jokic... And if you play fantasy basketball, he's your guy, isn't he? <laughs> he just is a stat filler, the box score, all sorts of stuff. And he does it at such a, such, 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 such a high level. Five suches, because that's how good he is. And I guess the game that would matter most to the Jazz, you've got the Mavericks taking down the Grizzlies. 104 to 91. Doncic, huge game, 37, 11, and 9. That's what he does. And then Ja Moran. How about this, man? Little Ja Morant, probably the smallest guy on the floor. JJ Brer doesn't play for the Mavs anymore. He gets 13 boards, 6 of 6, and 35 points. But they lose by what? 13 points, so it doesn't really matter as far as that goes. But he certainly has had a massive breakout season. And the Jazz failed to capitalize on that. So you've got Memphis here at 32 and 17, and the Jazz 30 and 17. So they're a full game back. I already told you the Suns in the lead, the Warriors are three back, Memphis six, and the Jazz seven. You got to start worrying about the Mavs. They're 27 and 20, eight and two in their last 10. They're playing better ball as they get guys there, and a lot of it's availability and who's, who do you have in the lineup that particular night, right? And it's 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 always been that way, obviously, but it seems like now it's even more so going back and forth there. So where do you go as far as that goes? But it does look like going forward here that uh, it's either going to be the Jazz finishing third, finishing fourth. I don't think I got to worry about them finishing. Third. Fifth, uh, fourth, and fifth. You know, obviously, fourth you get the first two games at home. Fifth you don't, but you're still playing the same team. And then if you win, you're in the first round. You're going to be playing the Suns in the second round. Uh, so, uh, not a whole lot of difference there. Whereas third, uh, well, who are you going to play right now? The Nuggets, and that would be dangerous. Uh, so you want to finish if you can find a way to finish second. Uh, that'd be better, but I don't know that you can do that. The Jazz are four games behind the Warriors. We'll see what happens there. All right, there's your NBA, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. College basketball locally here. We got the Utes going down again to USC. USC is nationally ranked. What are the Utes lost eight in a row? Uh, I think that's the way it goes there. 
they're not in the position to win a whole lot of games this year. So we'll live with that. I mean, they had the two L.A.s coming in. I didn't think they were going to win, and they didn't, right? So there you go on that. Uh, the Cougars, yeah, I thought they were going to win. They didn't blow away Portland, but mm, I'm okay with that. Just find ways to win, and they did. I mean, that's all that really matters, right, is that you uh, find ways to win. Uh, they didn't They didn't blow the game. I don't expect them to be blowing games, particularly at home this year. I mean, I think they're definitely uh, good enough as far as that goes to take care of business, and they did. So in the end, that's really all of that matters there as far as that goes. I mean, I don't think they're going to catch Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is obviously awesome, but find a way to finish second and then get them in the final if you get down down to Vegas. Now, the big news with Gonzaga basketball. How about that? Banished, barred, suspended, locked out. (laughs) John Stockton, out. He won't put on the mask. Oh, my goodness. We'll get to that. I wrote a piece on KSL.com. You can go check it out. It's award-winning, no doubt, even if it won't win any awards. But uh, my, my take on that was, wow, man. Of all the things, and here's a guy who seems to be so reticent to put his name out there to have cameras and microphones in his face when he was playing, but here he is willing to go to town and just be involved on this. And it looked like he probably set up the interview with the Spokesman Review. And he took questions. I mean, that's the great thing. You got Popovich. Of course, he went off. We, we know where he stands. But it doesn't seem like there's any follow-up questions. It's never like Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he speaks his mind and, and great. I have no problem with that. But there's never, there doesn't seem like there's follow-up questions. You know? Oh, I mean, you're upset about this, but what about that over here? I always thought justice anywhere, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. But it seems like they, you know, selective outrage. And the outrage that they have is, is very much uh, uh, within their rights to have it. I've got zero problem with any of them, with any of them, what they say. I would just like more follow-ups. And if you look at the, read the interview with Stockton, the, the, the story in the spokesman interview, it seemed like there was follow-up questions. I mean, I don't, the piece that I took was not, I don't, I don't get into politics. I mean, at this point, everything is political. The, the mask wearing, if you're on this side of the aisle, you got to do it. And it's outrageous that you don't do it. And if you're on that side of the aisle, how dare they restrict us? They don't work. What's the point? Blah, 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 blah. And it's it's predictable. I mean, you're going to read stuff on Stockton. And you're, if you read stuff from that writer or broadcaster before, well, then you know exactly where he and she's going to come down on this issue. Right? So it's predictable. And predictability in journalism is just boring, I find. My thought was, wow, of all the things that he's drawn a line in the sand from someone who didn't want to be involved in a lot of stuff. And it's, it's, it's interesting. I'll take your uh, reaction on that uh, when we get uh, get into the heart of the 7 and 8 o'clock hour. Uh, so there you go. The Cougars won. Uh, Dixie won. Utah Valley won. Southern Utah won. Hallelujah. We all won except for the Utes. No big deal there. The Utes, they're not expected to win much this year. I know they want to win. Of course you want to win. Uh, but continue to, to fight and battle. How about this? The Pac-12 suspending Bobby Hurley and a player 
They went to Stanford. And the free throw discrepancy was 41 to 9. Oh my goodness. That is huge. That is an outrageous discrepancy. Hurley's a hothead to begin with. He's a Jersey boy, so of course he's going to be emotional. And he sort of went after the ref. The one player, I think his name is Heath, got right behind the ref and cowered over him a little bit. I think there was a little bit of contact, too. You really can't have that. But, man, how about that as far as that goes? You've got a discrepancy of 41 to 9. We'll have Steve Cleveland on at 9 o'clock, our basketball insider. I want to ask him about that because I remember it was specifically one incident when he was coaching and I forget who they were playing, but I know the referee, and he was, uh, Steve was irate because there was a number of fouls going against them, and the referee came over and said, calm down, the game's just barely started with the underlying message. The way I took it was, we'll even this thing out, but 41-9 to is a massive discrepancy in free throws. You can understand why the team that's shooting nine would be upset. Plus, they gave a foul call from three with the score tied with one second to go. I was going to say, that's probably the bigger, <laughs> more egregious part of it was that call. Yeah. So they end up losing the game. So, of course, he's going to be upset. There you go. That's your college basketball on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NFL. I haven't put a lot of thought into it, so you know we'll just take it day by day and see and see where we're at. I'm tr- truthfully, guys, I'm thinking about this game and I'm not thinking about anything past five minutes from now. We find ways, you know, whether it's running, passing, defense stepping up big, special teams today. It's just that's what makes a good football team, and uh, that's that's what we are. You know, so many guys' contracts are are up or on the brink or salary cap stuff. So a lot of decisions to be made. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild uh, if you know if I'm going to keep playing. So. Uh, a lot of decisions, you know, in the next couple of months. To be able to, to come back a couple of times, um, get get points when we need to get points, uh, score score touchdowns, get field goal, get in field goal range, let Bucker kick field goals. Energy's still going. I'm still still kind of amped up, but uh, we got a big one this next week too. So I'll, I'll I'll be ready to go next week as well. Just gotta get back in that film room. Those are the quarterbacks. Was that Brady, Burrow, Rogers? And Mahomes. Wow, what a weekend of the NFL. We're talking about it last week where I said the NFL playoffs are the best. It certainly showed it in this, what they call the divisional round, I guess. I don't know how they come up with the divisional round, but that's what they call it. I mean, started right off the bat. We'll go in order. Cincinnati at Tennessee. Tennessee, the number one seed, out. Followed later by Green Bay, the number one seed, out. Both those teams obviously at home. And they go down. Upstart teams with the Bengals. Burrow throwing for 348 yards. And Tannehill throwing a big INT. And away you go there. Game-winning field goal right at the end after the interception. And then San Francisco and Green Bay. Same type of thing. The Niners do not score an offensive touchdown. No problemo. They still win, obviously. And Rodgers, again, now here comes the drama. If he wants to play, does he want to play in Green Bay and all that stuff? It sort of wake me up when a decision is made. I'm not going to be caught up in that. I don't have any interest in either of these teams. I'm not a fan of any team in the NFL. Although Aaron Rodgers is my favorite player to watch. And I was surprised because they came out and scored. And then that was it. The offense did not score again as far as a touchdown goes. And that was surprising. And then yesterday, man, if you think one couldn't top the other, well, I don't know which one did. They were both sensational. The Rams with the big lead. Tampa 
comes back, ties it up, and then boom, boom. How do you get down the field? How does Cooper Cup get deep? That was an Austin Collie, fourth and 18, was it not? That would be like the one thing you can't allow is to let him get deep. Don't single cover that dude. Just And plus, he, you know, he was, what, the triple crown winner in uh, yeah. receiving this year. What's that, yards and touchdowns and receptions? Correct. All right, so there you got all those three there. Little kid out of eastern Washington, and he gets deep. My goodness, that was pathetic. I was rooting for Tom Brady to see him continue, see if he can make history. Now he's talking about he's not looking five minutes down the road. I guess when you're 44, you've earned that right uh, to do that. And we'll see if he wants to come back. He went on Twitter, and it seemed like that would be ind- indicative of his comments. We'll, we'll get better because of this would dictate that he would be coming back. We'll see. And then Buffalo and KC goes into overtime. The overtime rule stinks. The way I view it, I said it in the 6 o'clock hour, was that you're thinking, all right, whoever wins the coin flip, the other team's defense is awful, and so they're going to go down and most likely score a touchdown, and that's what happened. So KC won the flip, and they won the game. And they get 13 seconds to go. Yeah, probably the Bills should have squib-kicked it, take some more time off, but two big passes and the field goal, bam, good. Or as DJ would say, and wang. And then you got it right there. That's your tie game and then they win it in overtime I mean those are the rules so I don't know that you can complain about them but uh, if you're Buffalo because if you would have won the flip you probably would have scored but I would have liked to see both teams get a shot on offense and see where to go I think that would add more to the drama but I understand they don't want to copy a college game I like the college rule better so now we got the Final games in each conference are next Sunday. It will start off at 1 o'clock our time. Cincinnati at Kansas City. And then the NFC West, obviously the toughest division in football with three teams making the playoffs. The Niners go down south where they won a couple of weeks ago. A team down south. They play the Rams in Englewood where the Super Bowl is supposed to be held in two weeks. So we'll see who wins there. I mean, I, I don't know about the Niners and Rams. Uh, I mean, I'll think about it uh, uh, across the week. KC, to me, would be the obvious favorite in the AFC. All right, there you go. That is What the Freak is Trending. That's the new uh, new title. I dig it. Let's go with that. With DJ being out this week. we got to be a little more edgy. We're not worried about popularity. What the Freak is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. You can call them at 801-295-1690. 295-1690. That is Shamrock Plumbing. lot to talk about. NFL, the Jazz, our hero John Stockton being banned, thrusting himself into a massive controversy. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Couldn't be busier. We'll have Randy Mueller. He's a former NFL front office executive. MuellerFootball.com slash football GM podcast. He's going to join us in about an hour. Steve Cleveland at 9.05. Stay with us. Tons of stuff. Where should we go? Get on Twitter right now. Where do you want to go? You want to go NFL? You want to go Jazz? You want to go Stockton? Or do you want to go back to bed? Those are your options. <laughs> Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. 
Kurt Elan joining us. A lot of people are hitting the panic button on the Utah Jazz right now. Where are you at in your concern level on the Jazz? I'm probably not as panicked as most Jazz fans. It is concerning that the Laker loss and, and won a couple weeks ago, just the small ball concern is still there, right? Like that they've, hey, we're going to go with LeBron at center and it kind of works. That's concerning. I know that every time there's a slump with the Jazz, the Rudy Donovan stuff kind of percolates to the top, but it feels like with them that chemistry is a three-game winning streak, and I feel like that that'll turn around once they kind of get their bearings again and, and start playing better, but they don't seem connected on the court in the way they did even earlier this season. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Hot Takes and Toast is brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res, the only carpet cleaner for a smart, lasting clean. Zero Res patent process is using water to clean, meaning no crunchy carpets and spot-free carpet that is safe for the whole family. Schedule your carpet cleaning today by calling 801-288-9376. That's 288-ZERO. Or book online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. If you're up north, it's ZeroResDavisWeber.com. Now he's playing. Play that tune some more, Yuck. You got it there? You young folk know who that tune is? I do because I'm playing it. I also knew it before that. Megan, what's your last name? O'Brien. Megan O'Brien. She's in here learning how to produce DJ and PK. Do you know who this group is, Megan? You're a youngster. As she glances at the computer. (laughs) Oh, she's cheating. Nice. Hey, man, what's wrong with cheating? If you get away with it, is it really cheating? Oh, I like that. Santana, you've got to change your evil ways, NFL. NFL, your overtime rules stink. Ah, wow. How about that? Where do you start on a day like yesterday? Where do you start on a day like Friday? Was that the finest four games in this divisional round? Two and two, Saturday, Sunday, that we've ever had in our lifetimes? It's got to be, I think. My lifetime's a little bit longer than you puppies in that room. Probably combine them. I don't know, Megan, what are you, 19, 20? I'm just kidding. (laughs) You're probably 28, 29, 30, somewhere in there. 27, 26. Are you even legal? Are you 21? Can you vote? She's turning a bright shade of red right now. She's, she's not. <laughs> well, she's going to be. So, Yak's going on vacation here in a week or so. And he's going to be on for like four weeks. Oh, yeah. Four weeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Taking a sabbatical. And so she's going to be in here. And if you don't think she's going to catch crap that entire time, she's kidding herself. So True story. She, as she's training to produce the morning show, well, we've got to get her uh, accustomed to what's lying ahead. And that is me giving her crap. It's what I do. Right. If I don't give you crap, then something's wrong. I like to mess around with people. I've been doing it for 20 years for Nerd Boy. He's gone this week. He's on a soccer retreat. The four-day four, four day off season is over, and now it's time to, to get back together. So he's learning on all the transfers and uh, uh, all these things that uh, they've got to, to learn about. So he, he's, he's just, he needs a whole week off to study up on Detroit, on soccer. I think he's going to the various CONCACAFAB cities around the world. Whatever the crap that is, I don't know. Concafab, I love that yeah. name. <laughs> Concacaf to some people, but Concafab here. Uh, I like it better. 
uh, my way. So we got the NFL, the overtime rules. Uh, we'll start with that. Should they change them? What do you think, folks? Should they change the overtime rules? Does the overtime rule not work for you in the NFL? The Chiefs get the ball, and to me, once they won the flip, I would have gone the same way with Buffalo. No matter who won the flip, that was going to be the winning team. I've never been so in tune and anxious over a coin flip in my life. This was the biggest coin flip since, was it 1969, 1970? The Phoenix Suns and Milwaukee Bucks were flipping a coin, as the story goes. I wasn't following at the time, but uh, historically I've heard about it. And there was a man out there available. His name was Lou Alcindor, later to be professionally known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I think they did it. You had the Suns in Phoenix and the Bucks in Milwaukee. I don't even think they were there. And they flipped a coin. I don't know. It was a notary republic there. And they told it. Uh, I, 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 I think Phoenix called it. I'm not sure. I think Phoenix called the flip, and it came out. Whatever they called, it was the other way. And then the Bucks get Abdul-Jabbar, and the Suns got Neil Walk. Not exactly a household name. How many of you remember Neil Walk? W-A-L-K. I think we all remember Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And that coin flip determined who was going to have the rights to draft that player. Wow. How about that? And I felt like it was the same type of thing here with KC. If they won the flip, they were going to go right down and score. And if Buffalo won the flip, and by score, it's got to be a touchdown, not a field goal. I, I like that at least modified it somewhere along the line a few years back. You couldn't win on a field goal on the first possession. Correct, yeah. Second possession, I guess you could. So the team uh, yeah, on defense. Once both teams have had a possession in yeah. the current rules, if, if there's a field goal, if touchdown wins it automatically currently, but field goal allows both teams to possess yeah. it. I think it needs to be at least both teams possess it regardless. Yeah, it seemed like it was a little bit of a downer from the Buffalo perspective. Now, Buffalo had a thousand chances to win, so you can't blame specifically the loss on that. You shouldn't allow the Chiefs with 13 seconds to go to be able to get the 13 freaking seconds to go. Man, that's just unbelievable. Two, basically, two passes, right? Just boom, boom, and they get in position for Butker. Well, and for a field goal. comparison's sake, the whole debacle with the Niners and the Cowboys the week before, that was a 14-second deal, and somehow Kansas City goes all that yardage in 13 seconds, gets a field goal, while the Cowboys run a QB draw. And run yeah, we clock. remember all that with 14 seconds to go, and then they, well, they don't have any timeouts, uh, and here they do, they've got plenty of time, and boom, away they go. And I guess Buffalo should have squib-kicked it. And that would take up some more time rather than kick it deep and you don't take off any time. I I wonder uh, if uh, the Niners, or not the Niners, if the Chiefs would have just saved the time. Um, Either way, maybe they go down right away where you squib kick it. It probably doesn't squib itself all the way down to the goal line. So maybe they get the ball wherever it was. You just tell your guy to to pounce on it. So you can't necessarily say that that would have made much difference there. I don't know. We don't know what would have happened as far as that goes uh, because they squib kick it and it gets to the 20 and either one of the up guys or the deep fellas just run up and just 
pounce on it and that's it and they blow the play dead it would have taken a second or two uh rather i don't know that they would have picked it up and tried to advance it uh i don't think anybody ever asked that question because it didn't matter anyway so but nevertheless man super exciting games there I, if you're an nfl fan unless you're a team of uh, a fan of one of those individual teams i get it you saw josh allen uh, his father just going nuts there when they score. I mean, it takes away from what they did, being able to go right down the field, which then took away what KC did the prior possession there. So you have just unbelievable amounts of offense. And I think that's what makes the NFL so awesome is that you can have these great plays, these offensive plays. Defense is nice, but you want to see the offense and exploit that. And the NFL set up the rules to allow that to happen. So... They did, and KC, wow, man, just getting it done. And then the Rams, you're thinking that they're going to choke that thing away there when Akers fumbles, and sure enough, the Bucks get in the tying score. But no, the Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Eastern Washington, Big Sky. That's what I love about this thing, man, Cooper Cup, Big Sky kid. And rises up and is a superstar. I saw over the weekend, I saw American Underdog with Kurt Warner. You know, that's the, the that's his story. I, obviously, from the football standpoint, I knew about the Northern Iowa. I knew about boxing shelves at the grocery store. I knew about uh, the indoor league and the Rams. So they, I think they made it, they made it appear that he takes over the first game. I think he sat for a year and then took over. Correct. And so that was awesome. I did not know about uh, his wife's son. I did not know about his wife's parents. Uh, If you haven't seen the movie, I guess I won't give it away. But I didn't know about the personal stuff. I knew about all the football stuff. But the rags to riches story, man, if that doesn't excite you, and, and Warner certainly uh, had it. Uh, um, Cooper Cup made the team right off the bat. He's been good for a number of years. But how in the world do you let these guys get deep? Man, just shocking that it can happen. They can get so wide open in those circumstances. It's unbelievable. And the passes, Josh Allen on that one pass, man, just boom, just like a bullet right down in stride on a bomb. Just Wow. I mean, it, it couldn't have been better. Couldn't have been more exciting. I mean, even if you're not a big-time NFL fan, I don't see how you didn't get involved in that. Uh, Dawn, I put this on uh, Facebook, Dawn says, the NFL is in the playoffs. Now, Dawn, you better not be saying that because of political reasons. Get away from that stuff. Let those people do what they do. It's no matter what, they're going to squabble. My, my political stance is don't get on the train. Once you get on the train, then, then every little thing's going to bother you. And you're going to go back and forth to you blue in the face. But you have that right to do that if that's what you want. Uh, Russell, baseball is coming? Is it really? I would argue. If you're going MLB, do we know it's coming? They have their labor strife, which is nothing but the ultimate turnoff. Spring training supposed to start in three weeks. Probably not going to. A lot of folks on our Facebook, DJ and PK on our Facebook page, saying that the overtime rule should be changed. I agree. Does it need to be modified? Is there something different that we can do that if you don't want to follow the college rule exactly? 
can it be some form of modification? I think the first thing that I would do is take away having to go for two. Will they go for two on the third possession? Is that the way it's set up now? So-called two, they make it a two-pointer. They, need, they don't need to go to that, no, but they need to at least have both teams get an opportunity. Yeah, I think you can, if you don't want exactly what the uh, college game has, you can just eliminate that. Uh, make it back. Must start at the 50. So you can incorporate punts, maybe. Uh, any number of ways you can finagle it. Margaret, overtime rules are ridiculous. They say they're better than they used to be, but it's not good enough. I would agree with that, Margaret. I think they are better, but it still is not good enough. Especially in that situation where you felt like Buffalo's defense, even KC's for that matter, they were running on empty faux show and that they got nothing left. I wonder if that time if you should have just blitzed and see what happens. Uh, just go crazy. Send everybody. Since they're going to score anyway, <laughs> what's the difference? Uh Land and overtime rules are stupid. It's a robbery in a game like that. Speaking of KC Buffalo, obviously, to the fans and the team who loses the coin flip, put the ball at the 50, and whoever scored the most on one possession wins. Go however long. How about that? Start at the 50 and no punting because the other team will get the ball on the 50. So use it like an inning and go top of the first, bottom of the first. And whoever scores more is the winner. If it's tied, you start it all over again. And uh, do that. I guess you can call that specific overtimes. I don't really buy college six overtimes. To me, it's just one overtime. I know it sounds more dramatic. The larger the number, that's before the OT. But I don't really view that as multiple overtimes. Brian, wow, Rams-Bucks with an amazing finish. But incredibly, it was topped by the Bills-Chiefs. It really was. That's when you didn't think that you could get more. You did get more. Too bad the Bills didn't get a chance in OT. You know, whoever got the ball in first, got the ball first in OT was going to win. Sean, we agree with this. Best overall playoff so far I've ever seen every game. Not necessarily every game. I don't think the Rams-Cardinals was uh, a great game. The Cardinals were just embarrassed. But most of the time, Cody, the NFL has, he's uppercases, has H-A-S to change the overtime rules. I feel cheated out of watching more amazing football. Matt, when my team is in it and wins, yes, it's awesome. Sad Bears fan. So sorry. Uh, Lloyd. If the Utes had won the Rose Bowl, that would have been better. (laughs) Okay, fair point there. NHL playoffs. NHL playoffs better? I don't think so. But I'm biased. Problem with watching hockey, man. Your eyes just get blurred. That little round black thing moves up and down so fast, sometimes it's hard to see. Football football might be the best sport for, on television. It's really made for television with the natural timeouts that they have. And then 
at the end, you know, free throws. Free throws just don't work for me. And this, particularly in the college game, down by 22, a guy hits one, a layup to go down by 20 with uh, 18 seconds left, and the coach immediately calls a timeout. And you got 18 timeouts in the last 30 seconds as college coaches continue to overcoach constantly. Uh, so I just think the way that the, the NFL is set up, man, it's set up so well for television. And you couldn't ask for more. And I am so thankful, no matter what your political stance is, aren't you thankful that we got past that we were talking about kneeling I mean, I get it. You want to make a stance, and and this is your time, I guess, if that's what you want to do. Uh, But I just got tired of it. Sports, to me, is the great release. It's fun. There's enough seriousness in the world that sports, I just don't like it when it mixes. Go do it on your own time. Fine. But when it's time to be interviewed... Ask questions about sports. I could really go without Greg Popovich giving me another lecture. I got it, Greg. I know where you stand on all things. Do I have to hear it again? Now, if you want to hold a press conference outside your house or at the public square, more power to you. I don't deny your right to do it. In fact, I support your right to do it, irregardless of whatever your message is in that way as long as it's at least somewhat responsible. Uh, but in the sports platform, for me, it's about entertainment. And I was wildly entertained yesterday. Think about that, man. The Bucks and the Rams, just shocked that the Bucks looked inept for basically the length of almost three quarters. And then they somehow, 27-27, you're thinking... This might be greater than the Super Bowl comeback uh, because it just felt like you had no chance in the Super Bowl comeback against the Falcons. Maybe I'm not remembering correctly, but it felt like it, it, that comeback didn't see a, seem as more dramatic as what I saw yesterday because I thought you were really left for dead. And you have a, you know, not a star power was injured for the Bucks, so it didn't seem like it was probable. And if you believe in this team of destiny stuff, somehow it seems like the Rams are a team of destiny only to be topped by the 49ers being a team of destiny. <laughs> so I got two teams of destiny. <laughs> How's that work? <laughs> the Niners are sheer dumb luck, dude. You know me, I'm a Niners fan, and this is sheer dumb luck. Yeah, I know, but doesn't that seem like... In some ways, yes. Yeah. But if I'm going to go that, can I really go that? Because it seems like the Rams have got it, too, uh, in that way. I I, I definitely believe in the Rams more than I believe in the Niners, because it could seem like there were seven passes that Garoppolo could have had picked, not just picked, but picked six, and uh, uh, DB had a head turned wrong or whatever it might be. So here, you want, you want the stats on that? So Pro Football Focus, they track every play for every player in every single game. Uh-huh. So in the last four games for Jimmy Garoppolo, so this is going back yeah, to the Cardinals. but go ahead. Ten turnover-worthy plays, yeah. two big-time throws, and somehow three wins amidst all that. Yeah, I know, I know. And, and uh, they don't score an offensive touchdown. You get a blocked punt. You get a blocked punt. And who was that? 
How, how do you say that guy's name? The the, the kid from SC, Talanoa Hufunga, who last year was co-Polynesian Player of the Year, co-Polynesian Player of the Year, and you know who he shared the award with as the other co-Polynesian Player of the Year? Do you know Yak? I remember reading this. I do not remember at the moment. I looked at because I, I wanted to see where he's from. I remember him playing at SC. Well, I remember so. him being the co-player of the year. I just can't remember who he the shared. The co-Polynesian player of the year. Oh, I know who it that is. That he yes. shared it with yep. was Zach Wilson. Zach Capono Wilson. White boy Zach Wilson. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> I'll say it. The other guy won't. He's on a soccer retreat. I'll say it. Wait a second, white boy. Well, obviously the dad, Mr. Mike Wilson. Has got some Polynesian blood in him. If you look at him, he, it's obvious. He's a Hawaiian and, native. Yes. And what's a kapono? What's that stand for? Breath of life? Something like that. That's you're going to make name. a million just like your uncles <laughs> have done with JetBlue and yeah. billions? Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He shared it with uh, Zach Wilson. That, that was an unbelievable game, man. I was watching it at an establishment. I was out of town over the weekend, and man, the it's fun to be because people were just living and dying by that Niner or uh, uh, yeah Niners uh, Packers game. I'm disappointed in the Packers. I thought they had a shot. I would have. I wanted to see Packers Bucks, see the old timers, but we didn't get it. Now I also want to see Jazz wins, but we're not getting those either. Stay with us. We'll hit that next. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is unripe. Guys are doing a hell of a job. And I think about where Utah football is today. And the fact that Utah now is playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And I don't know if I've told you that yet, but that's what's what's going on. And I remember back at that time, 35, 36 years ago, where there wasn't even a snowball's chance that Utah would ever go to a Rose Bowl or ever play and compete against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Valentine's Day is coming, what, three weeks away, right? Yeah. I want to tell you about Jimmy's Flowers. Their staff can create something for you or get one of their ready-to-go arrangements for any budget. Jimmy's Flowers with stores in Bountiful, Layton, or Ogden. Or online at jimmysflowers.com. Make sure you order early. One Valentine's, get with them. That's Jimmy's Flowers, jimmysflowers.com. Got that? Get. They love flowers, don't they? You love flowers, Megan? All right. We got a female representative. See, now we're not a bunch of middle aged white guys. We got Megan O. She's not a middle aged white guy. No. No, she is not. She is a sister. And she tells us she likes flowers. So go to Jimmy's Flowers. Valentine's. May your Valentine's Day be filled with flowers if that's what you want. Happy Valentine's Day. It's also my daughter's birthday that day. And we've got a doubleheader in our family. I gotta get uh I gotta get two gift cards. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Happy nah. birthday and happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. There you go. Uh, for sure. It's coming up, obviously, on the 14th of next month. Coming up on uh, the 10th of next month is the trade deadline. What's it going to be? We'll get to that in the next three weeks. In the meantime, the Jazz got games to play. They go down 
last night in San Francisco to the Warriors. Jazz shorthanded for sure. Warriors also shorthanded. The way I look at it, that if you go into that game, would you trade Mitchell and Whiteside being out for Draymond Green and Klay Thompson being out? Do you make that trade ahead of time? We'll take our two guys. Now, Mitchell's got the concussion thing. Whiteside, I saw him there, so that would uh, lead me to believe that he's close to returning. We'll see if he can get in the lineup tonight. haven't seen uh, the report yet that will come out later today as they're down in Phoenix for the ball game. Phoenix, man, just kicking butt big time when they 36 and 36 and 7 is that their record? I wrote it down here. No, 36 and 9. 36 and 9, but they're 7. That's where I got the 7. They're 7 games ahead of the Jazz now. They have pulled away from the Jazz. Uh, for sure. I think the 4 games ahead of the Warriors are starting to create some separation with the Warriors too. In my mind, I know there's been some great coaching jobs out there, but I would give a coach of the year right now. We still have uh, a way to still pass the halfway point, obviously. But um, to me, Monty Williams, and I thought the team would be good. I didn't think they'd be this good. Obviously, that we all thought they'd be good since they went to the finals last year. But they're better. Watching them play, they're better than they were last year. And it's going to be really tough for the Jazz. You're looking for a split, I would think. If you're a Jazz fan with the Jazz on... Thursday, uh, Wednesday at home, and then tonight in Phoenix, the back-to-back separated by the day in two different locations. If you can get a split out of this thing, I would think you would be happy in that way. They didn't get the split last night. Mitchell out. Now you got Bogdanovich had a collision. He looked awkward. Uh, knee buckle, but he stayed in the game. Had the three at the end. Great look, too. Yeah, I thought the look was overrated. I mean, I think that if that's a great look, he can get that look every time. Every okay. time down, he can get that shot if he wants. And just do a little head fake, a little shimmy, and then a step back three. I mean, he's a great shooter, but he was one of seven on that night uh, last night. I don't know that uh, I'd like I, – it was an okay shot. I know people thought, and they were saying on the broadcast, it was halfway down. I didn't think it was halfway down. I think it was too hard. I don't think it had much of a chance. He would have had a better chance to back uh, to bank it in. You know, should they have called the timeout? We had Rudy Gay over there who was hot from three, and he was on the bench. Would you like him in there? Like him over Royce O'Neal? Royce O'Neal put up as many points as I did. Uh, That'd be exactly zero yes, in 32 minutes. Whereas Majerus would say, as many points as a dead man. <laughs> I don't have any problem that they didn't call a timeout. I'm just throwing it out there. Remember, my job is to second guess, not to first guess. I don't get paid that kind of money. Pay me that kind of money, and I make that decision. Uh, my job is to second guess. I'm already starting to second guess my decision to bring in my next guest at 8 o'clock. He's here. He's, he's lining up right now. He will join us on the other side, and we're going to go at it because I've got some serious bones to pick with this young fellow. He's not young anymore. He's a middle-aged white dude. He fits the category of all of us. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Some muse right here, yeah. 
Ford Fan Zone. Purchase a Ford Van Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream. And they start as low as $30 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or you can call 325-2999, 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. All right, now you've done it. Now you, I am looking at him right now in bronze. That's who I'm looking at as we speak. Because uh, to my right, I can see the statues. To my left, and I've got my head tilted so I don't see someone who's sitting in for the next two hours. It's just easier this way. His name is Jake Scott. Jake, oh man, I cannot believe what you told me in the break. Harsh, harsh criticism of John Stockton. Oh, is that what you is that what you read from what I said during the break? That's what is I that, took. Is that what it is? <laughs> oh. Okay. First of all, it's good to see you. Thanks for for the introduction there. I appreciate that. Thanks for coming in, yeah, buddy. You I'll bet. have people coming in all week as Snigdorf is on a soccer retreat, getting ready. Is that what it is? Yeah. I, if you don't get aboard, man, you're just going to get steamrolled. Wait, so. what? What exactly is a soccer retreat? What does that What does that consist of? Well, pretty much like the game. Not much. <laughs> You set me up. <laughs> I did. Well, good for him. No, I'm 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 extremely happy to be here. You know me. I I love this show. I listen to it every day. I used to produce it. So you know what? It's always an honor when I get to yeah. to sit in the chair of one David. Don't call me Dave James. <laughs> yeah, we'll have people sitting in. Riley Jens is going to be in tomorrow, and we'll have folks coming in all week to help me out. Uh, John Stockton, man. Saw that yesterday. Gives an interview. The Spokesman Review, his hometown paper, Gonzaga banning him. Now, John is the ultimate hero. I think that if you go the two ultimate heroes in our community, it's one Stockton, two Steve Young. I think those are the heroist of the heroes. Okay. Now, if Ainge pulls off a trade and they win the then the title, I'll Maybe move him then. up there. <laughs> Well, that remains to be seen. But Steve and Stockton, a college player and a pro player. Yeah. But a pro player, and I, a pro player that had a, a weird impact on our community because there are so many unbelievably unbearable San Francisco 49ers in this town. And I'm looking at one Not who's me. wearing hey. his Niners hey. crap now. Yeah. And it's all because of Steve Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I was just. Niners fan when they were in the 90s, and they were just fun to watch. He was a fun player to watch. Now, I personally follow my favorite college players to the pros, so I get it. I'm not saying it critically, other than the the Niners fans around here seem to be a tad bit unbearable. But so are Broncos fans, and that's why I'm a Raiders fan now. Go Raiders. Yeah, I like the Raiders, too. I follow them. I love it that they're in Vegas. I really do. Yeah. I think that's a We cool have Lincoln thing. Kennedy, their radio analyst, on each week. One of the best segments of the week yeah. on the whole station. Yeah. Love Lincoln Kennedy. So, But Stockton, man, he's so beloved, and he gets banned. Now, he's the ultimate fan, alumni, ex-player. I, I don't think there's anybody out there who's attached to their school the way John Stockton is attached to Gonzaga. I mean, there's so many reasons. A Hall of Fame player, obviously, and then it's out of the way. 
It's buried in the eastern part of the state. It, it doesn't get lost like if he was in Seattle and he went to University of Washington. I mean, he would be a big name there, but you've got University of Washington, you've got the Seahawks, you've got uh, the Mariners. I mean, you, you, it is a conglomerate of stuff. In Spokane, there's one thing, yeah. and there's one thing only, and that's Gonzaga basketball. Yeah, we see it in Vegas, every West Coast Conference Yeah, tournament. they take yeah. over. They do. They, they go nuts, right? The Gonzaga Red that goes down there. Uh, and they don't have a football program, obviously. And so Gonzaga basketball, and they show them all the time. His kids played there, uh, both genders. Oh, excuse me. Man and woman. And <laughs> they show them there all the time. What? <laughs> He's there. We got it. We got it. Deep roots. I hear you. And now he's banned. And he's banned because of the vax. And you're furious. No, I'm not furious. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not furious. Uh, I just. What are you furious about? You, yeah, didn't he sound furious about something in the commercial break? I don't know what it was, but when you're talking like that, that's not casual conversation. You seem furious. Did he not? Furious, but were you even listening, or were you just listening to my tone? Because here's my here, <laughs> DJ said it's always the tone. A, I did twenty tone. years of him beating it into my head, senseless tone, tone, tone. He okay. called me Tone Luke. <laughs> I don't but care. Oh, Medina, that's what I'm passionate about. I don't care. I don't care. And I read, you don't care anymore. I read. Uh, <laughs> I read Gordon Monson's column. Uh, when? Uh, his most recent one. Going oh, let at, me guess. He's criticizing John. Yeah, yeah, he's criticizing John. Well, that's what you know. That's what my whole point on this is it's political. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, if you lean this way, you criticize him. If you lean that way, you praise him. So here's the thing. I... How did, what did Laura Ingram say about LeBron that, that drew all the Shut heat? up and dribble. Shut up and dribble. Shut up and dribble. Right. I don't think it's necessarily as easy as just that. But here's where Gordon... Which I disagree 100% shut up and dribble. No, I do too. I do too. But I'll listen to anybody who has some experience in what they're talking about and has perspective. So it depends on what subject matter you're talking about. But I'll tell you this, when it comes to... Uh, vaccination and medical in general. I mean, if John wants to tell me how to play in the NBA for 20 years, I'll listen to him from that side on a medical standpoint. But if you're going to talk to me about vaccinations and virology, I'm probably going to find somewhere else to get my... Are you a virologist? No, I'm not. Turn and cough. I'm probably going to go, uh, go down to the old local family clinic and maybe ask somebody down there what would be a good idea for me and my family. That's, that's all I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. I don't care. Yeah, but where, but do, you, I where do you end with that? I mean, LeBron, he has selective outrage. He does. So, but- uh, so you can say that about anything about anybody well, so then so then a doctor then i don't want to hear your stance on whether somebody should kneel so right you got to put it through your own personal filter we're all people we're all sports fans i i agree for the most part with you what you said earlier in the show like i don't want to get on the train I love sports for an entirely different reason because it's a, it's a place that I can put my brain that I don't have to worry about everything else going on. And I know there's a lot of people out there who feel that way too. But there's also the players' right to use their own platform, and I get that. And, and actually, John Stockton, and here's the great irony, John Stockton, who would never say anything to anybody, period, through his entire career, hated interviews, hated kids. 
hated everything about the life, right? Didn't want the celebrity, didn't want the commercials. Blew didn't want my the, kids it, off. I believe it. In a hotel in San Francisco in August. Half this town has a story like that, where they <laughs> they see John or whatever, and just you know, even in in intimate situations where it's not a big group, and they're just like, "Hey, don't mean to bother you, but can you sign this real quick?" Nope, pound sand. And he he didn't like the media. He didn't ever give interviews to anyone. And now oh, all these did. all these years later, he's coming up to be a public figure about this. It just blows my mind. Like this is this is what you're choosing. So to you're go criticizing with? his passion on this? No, I just I don't understand it. I just I don't get it. I get I don't get somebody who spent a whole career doing that to all of a sudden come out of the woodwork on it does this. Does seem out of character on this specific topic. That's that's all I'm saying. Which it makes seems- it all the more juicier. But I really here. Let me ask you this: Why did why did Gonzaga make this public? Why is John doing interviews? Why why doesn't Gonzaga pull John aside quietly and being like, you know what? I don't it, think Gonzaga did make it public. I think he did. That they banned him or whatever. Yeah. The way I I, mean, I could be wrong, but the way I viewed the way I think it went down, and this is just thinking, I think he called up the spokesman review, or the spokesman review found out about it, and obviously he consented to an extensive interview, not just. Uh, here's a statement, but it's clear yeah. he consented. Meet me at uh, wherever they met, someplace, and he gave a lengthy interview, and he spoke in depth on this subject, claiming that 100 to 150 athletes who have had the uh, vax have died. Again, is he a coroner now? Or a medical examiner? Is that what we're listening to John for now? I mean, but, like, uh, again. But if you go on that, is is Donovan Mitchell a a prosecutor to where he invested the Brianna Mitchell thing as much as the no people? He's, so he has he's not. So he shouldn't have said anything on that. I don't know. You can he. I mean, his his one he, of his. Avatar Spiels has a, I, I forget which one, has a picture of the young lady who was It's killed. his Twitter account. Yeah. No, no, no. So I got is it. he a law enforcement but, but, to where he investigated and charges shouldn't be brought about on the police? So therefore, he's not a law enforcement uh, official, right? He didn't, the, 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 what was it, the, the district attorney, forgive me if I'm using the wrong uh, legal terms on whoever inve- decided no charges were to be brought. Which And the person who did that was an African-American, as I understand it, in Kentucky. So Donovan shouldn't speak on that because he, that's not what he does. That's not that, His training isn't in law enforcement. Don't listen to him then. No, but I'm not but, saying anybody doesn't have the right to say anything. I, John can call every newspaper in town. I don't care. I'm just not going to listen. And Donovan Mitchell. So you don't listen to Mitchell. This is the same thing has to I'll apply. Pro, I'll process you don't it. listen to Mitchell. I'll because he's it. not in law enforcement. He has no track record to determine whether charges should be brought or not. Except he does have a tie to that community. Which uh, John Stockton was a former athlete, but, so he has but, a tied athlete. But don't listen to him, then PK. They can say whatever they want. Certainly it's fine. they can. I am all. I'm just for trying that. to find consistency here. Don't then don't listen. There, you can find inconsistencies in anything. I mean, I'll, honestly, you can pick uh, pick which uh, lunatic cable news channel you want to watch. I mean, that's what people just pick their the what they process to. Buddy, I only watch MSNBC. <laughs> if it's not Rachel Maddow, it's not PK. Let's get that right on the table right now. People process everything through their own. All the filter. jazz games I watch are taped because I watch Rachel live Monday through Friday. 
delay the jazz game. Yes. So you can catch yes. a little Maddo. Yes. Get your Maddo on. Yes. Uh, now you're following. I believe that. <laughs> I, I 100% uh, I 100% believe it. But uh, Who's this Laura my, Ingram you speak of? I don't even know point, who she is. My whole point right you know what? is oh, that forget her. I'm not going to listen to John when it comes to this particular topic, but he could do whatever he wants. Certainly I don't, he can. I don't care. And that's the other side I'll, of this that I don't get. Don't I, Metaphor Metaphorically, I'll fight for the rights to speak. Yes, I, d- I don't care. John can get vaccinated twenty times or zero times or whatever. I've had people in my life that didn't get the the baby vaccinations, which it is uh you know like polio and all of them. Like how many? It's four or five, six different smallpox, measles, all these deadly. Would stuff. you rather have I, coolio or polio? But did I say I I'm cutting you out of my life? Because you made this day. No, I know. I mean, do it's we all are trying to navigate this complicated journey called life and nobody's getting it right. I'll tell you this. There's been one person on the planet who's gotten it 100 percent right. And his name's Frank Beamer. It's a joke. Not even a laugh. Not even a giggle. Not even a joke. So you know what? I'll and and fortunately, Shane was born into it, so he's going to get it right, at least in terms of his salary. <laughs> oh yeah, he is making some dough. That is true. There at uh, at South Carolina. And my father was a janitor. I hate him. Oh, and Shane was a terrible coach at Virginia Tech. I, I, I can't believe he's even won a game at South I've Carolina. I've had to go out and make it on my own. That sucks. Yeah, but but you know. I, I'm going to choose who I'm going to listen to on what particular particular topic. And you know what? If you don't want if you don't want to hear it, then don't listen to it. It's fine. It's fine. Is is if if you don't want to listen to Donovan Mitchell's uh, take on the Brianna Taylor situation, then don't. He's not forcing you. John's not forcing uh, people to to consume his take about vaccination and the coronavirus. So I'm not going to do it. I don't care. I don't. We come to work. Yeah, but you cared enough to read somebody's predictable response to it. Uh, yeah, because that's my chosen form of entertainment is to consume sports news. But that's is that sports news? No, not really. <laughs> but I also I love Gordon. I I was intrigued. He got me. He got me with. Uh, well, what did you think with, he was going to say? Oh, I knew exactly what he was going to say. I still read it. Yeah, I still. I mean, read that's it. the thing about it is we know what. People are going to write and say once once a newsmaker and John's going out there and he says what he says, you know what the response is going to be. Like, I know what Laura Ingram is going to say. Sure. I know what Rachel Rachel Maddow is going to say. I don't even need to watch. Not that I do watch. I'm just having fun. Hey, you just told us you watched Rachel live. <laughs> but you know all of what they're going to say and write. It's already out there. Yeah. We're now two years into this thing, and it's all repetitive now. So, to your point, turn on the football game. That's what I do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch the football game, and then I'm going to watch the basketball game, and then I'm going to go to work where I am blessed to be able to talk about both. It's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. How about them using their sports platforms to be political? They can do whatever they want. Sure they can. That's not the issue. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, there are are areas that I wish more people would use their platform for, areas that that matter to me. I mean, a positive example, look at our guy, uh, David James, who you can't turn on Channel 2 without seeing him uh, try to uh, get people to donate food for hungry kids. Heck yeah. 
Do I wish more people would uh, will get on board with with DJ and his cause? Sure, but yeah, I'm not going to tell that, anybody what to that, do. That's television, man. Look, look at us. We're here to serve. Hey, you, you know you that. You don't think there's a political agenda there? You don't, don't be naive. You know that David James is uber uber passionate about that particular cause. Sure. I mean, he. But that you don't is think not, there's a political agenda? Why TV has him on television doing it? I don't know. I don't Come know. On. You'd have to ask uh, the, Come on. the good uh, liberal folks at Sinclair Media. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, We're the down home here. We're here to help but, the community. So so, okay. Watch our TV news. If you ever have a doubt on someone's motive, <laughs> follow the money trail. No, I agree with you. But if you could stop being so cynical for just one second, at least kids are getting fed. Right, you know what I mean. So, so and, there are and his family and uh, the management's family. They're also getting fed. So the, there, there are causes out there. I wish people would use their big platforms for, but they choose not to for whatever reason. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You going to tell them what to do? There's already way too much of that going on. So stop telling people what to do. Let that's them. The, let them. But that's never going to stop. Well, it's certainly the worse. The media today, you have to have a strong opinion. If you want to be heard, you have to you have to condi- condemn Stockton. You I'll just t- have to. If if I I'll, I have a passionate opinion about your your take on the NFL overtime rules, I'd be happy to get to with you. Nah. But that honestly is one of the great things about sports. We can argue and you and I do all the time till we're blue in the face and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's sports. I do think the lecturing I think, what's the point? I agree. No one is changing your mind because of something you read or Rachel or Laura said. You already believe it. All you're doing is preaching to the choir over and over and over again. That's it. Yeah, but that's strangely what people want. If you're in line. Now, I got a guy here. PK, you're not really using your platform to tell us that athletes shouldn't use their platform. 7.43 a.m. this morning was not it. Okay, so I'm taking, so my guess is that, you know, he wants LeBron and, and Mitchell and whomever to speak out, and I, I support their rights to speak out 1,000%, but I wonder, does he support Stockton's right? It just depends on what they say, depends on how much you support it. Let me ask you guys this, do people not hang out, hang out, hang out with people who disagree with them anymore? I hang out with lots of people who disagree with me. Are people not used to it anymore? It's all right. Yeah, but ain't no you good pro- guys. Ain't no bad guys. Ooh, there's only you and Austin me. We just, just disagree. Over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but do you get in discussions with them when you hang out with them all the time? Come on, I do. I this weekend did hung, hung out with two great friends. So then you're battling with them all the time. Sometimes I don't want to do that. It depends. I don't want to do that. I support. I have friends who don't support my political opinions, but I don't want to discuss it with them. I want to have fun. I want to screw off. I don't want to get in serious discussions. Yeah, but it happens. At least it does with uh, my circle. Uh, Yeah, and then my wife will interrupt and change the subject. Okay. And we'll get back to lightheartedness. I want to have fun. Let the other people do what they do. And I agree with you. I find it amazing that all the stuff that Stockton has gone public with, that it would be this. Here's a guy, and I wrote about this. You can check it out, KSL.com, that uh, in 1992, Sports Illustrated did a story on three guys who made professional sports from Spokane in three different sports. Remember Mark Rippon? Remember Ryan Sandberg? Yep. And Rippon and Sandberg 
quoted the whole thing. Stockton would not be quoted a Sports <laughs> Illustrated puff piece. So they quoted his about his hometown. Yeah, yeah. He's quoted his father and his friend, but John and the writer basically rips him for he's he was he turned thirty in ninety two because his birthday's next month. He turns sixty next month, and uh, he wouldn't be quoted. And, and a puff piece about three sports stars uh, from the. Spokane at the time had a population of like 175,000, and he wouldn't be quoted. And you're here now, 30 years later, he's willing to be quoted extensively. That blows my mind. I think it's crazy. And you want to talk football overtime rules? Well, stay with us because we've got a former NFL executive, Randy Mueller, who's going to join us next. And we're going to talk about the great sport of NFL football. What a phenomenal weekend it was. I don't know that it could have been better. It was absolutely sensational. Will we get more of that next week? We'll see what Randy thinks. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The new Zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the Zone welcomes Unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Valentine's Day is just weeks away. Jimmy's Flowers can make it easy and ready. Or you can get custom design arrangements. Order today at jimmysflowers.com or visit the stores in Bountiful, Layton, or Ogden. That's Jimmy Flowers. Jimmy's Flowers. Jimmy'sFlowers.com. All right, joining us now, former front office executive Randy Mueller, NFL. Randy, good morning. You're on with PK and Jake Scott. Uh, boy, where, where do you want to start? There's only like 5,000 things to hit. What an unbelievable yeah. weekend of NFL football. Yes, it was definitely crazy. I'm not sure I have my wits about me the next morning, so I may screw something up from all the things that we saw this weekend. But I've been watching this game a long time, and uh, I don't think I've ever witnessed a weekend like that, that's for sure. Have we have we seen a duel in quarterbacks quite like what we saw in the final game last night with Allen and Mahomes? Boy, it's been a while. It would have to be a, a Peyton Manning-Tom uh, Brady-type duel. I mean, these guys are generational talents, and – they were put on display in that game last night. We, we've always known that Mahomes is the best, and, and we've really been talking about him for three or four years. But if, if we didn't know about Josh Allen and how good he is, I always get asked, what's the comparison? Really the best comparison for me that I can come up with is John Elway. He's, he, and I'm not in the body of work is what John has done, but this guy has all the skills that are going to make him awesome to watch the next 10 or 12 years. He's he's really unstoppable, uh, and when the offense clicks like it did for Buffalo last night, they didn't get stopped. They just didn't get the ball back. I like that comparison. I, I can see some Elway, big, strong kid, can run, unbelievable yep. arm. Uh, so we'll see how he develops there. But those, obviously the future looks extremely bright. Um you get in these situations, I often say in sports radio, I'm paid to second guess, not first guess. Uh, you know, you heard about Buffalo, should they have squib kicked it? Uh, does that take more time? I don't know if it does, because I don't know if they tell their guys, uh, KC tells their guys, just just fall on it. 
And so maybe it's a second. No matter where it is, just let's not waste time trying to run something back, particularly if it's not our back-end guys and our fast guys are guys we train to run back kickoffs. So do you think they should have done anything differently there, speaking from the Buffalo perspective? I think this game will go down as one of the most dissected games ever, and I just think that's one of the reasons. Yes, I do think they should have squibbed it. I think even if it only took a second or two, I mean, they only had 13 when they got the ball, right? So, I mean, one or two seconds is a giant deal. It is a um, colossal mistake not to run time if you can. Plus, you introduce the element of a little bit of chaos, of doubt, instead of just a layup, like kicking it through the end zone like they did. I also think that defensively, Buffalo is going to have a lot of regrets. They did some things that... Really, everybody says, should we change the overtime rules? You know, I don't know. I'm of the oak that they had plenty of time to stop them, plenty of chances to stop them, and they never did. So I think it is a team game, and half the team let them down, and it's a shame that, you know, Josh Allen never got a chance. But there's going to be a lot of things that get second-guessed and dissected throughout the next few weeks and maybe the next few years with regard to this game. If there is a lesson to be learned from the Niners, is it defense can still get it done? Oh, I think so. I think the, the thing to be learned is that you, you've just, if you can have an identity, which they have, they can run the ball, they run it in a different fashion, and you have a guy like Debo Samuels, and you just get on his back and allow him to do what he can do, I think that's the lesson. You, you can get too fancy if you get outside your element. I think they're the one team going forward that has to do it their way, and it's a little slower-paced way. I'm, Jimmy G is not Joe Burrow. He's not Pat Mahomes, he's not, you know, Matt Stafford. So it's going to be a little different way the 49ers have to win. But, hey, Kyle Shanahan's made a living doing it his way, and I'm not going to second-guess that at all. I think they know what they have to do, and his game plans will reflect that. For NFL front office executive Randy Mueller joining us. So let's look towards next week then. Niners and Rams, we know the Niners went down there a couple weeks back, got the win. But if I look at it, I think I got to be favoring the Rams. I think most experts would probably follow that, but if you take that series back, the 49ers have, have dominated the series. I think yeah. they've won four or five in a row. I mean, it's not like they just won, you know, 2 weeks ago. It's it's been a, and where they say styles make fights, this is a bad matchup. It's a, it's a stylistic uh, matchup that favors San Francisco and has. Now, the Rams are playing better, there's no doubt, and if Matthew Stafford doesn't have a hiccup here or there. I think they're the more talented team and should win the game. But there's something about the matchups. There's something about the way, uh, the physicality that San Francisco kind of just instills in a game like this and kind of imposes their will. I think that's where I think people forget that styles are, and it's all about matchups. And I think the 49ers definitely aren't afraid of, of what the Rams can bring, whether they have enough bells and whistles and weapons at the end of the day to hang hang with them? I don't know. The Bengals advance, and hey, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll go here. That uh, so, Penny Sewell has a, a local connection. He's he's from Utah, and of course, kind of the hot yep. take around here. And I jumped on board with, "What are you crazy? Not taking that guy to protect Burrow and going with the receiver?" And uh, I was way off on that. Well, I don't know. Nine sacks the other day. I think you could have made a case that Penesu. Jamar Chase good. though is special. <laughs> that dude is special. I hear you. I hear you. Yep. There's no doubt about it. Joe Burrow gives them a chance. Jamar Chase is a, you know, he's he's top of the 
top of the heap as far as receivers go. I think they have got to find a way to keep Joe Burrow upright, though, and that's still the most important thing to me. I'm, I'm you know, he takes a beating week in and week out. Um, I don't know if they can hang. Uh, they're, they're, they're going to have to score a ton of points. I think they can do that defensively. They kind of pick their spots. Um, I'm a Joe Burrow fan. I don't know that I'm ready to put him in the category that, you know, everybody seems to around the world because of the smoking cigars or whatever he does afterwards. He's got swag. I understand Joe Namath and, and the comparisons there, but uh, time will tell on Cincinnati. I think they got a good matchup in Tennessee. Tennessee was kicking off rust for a half. Cincinnati took advantage of having played and, and already a game in the playoffs. I think they were in more of a groove. Um, I mean, we'll see. I think Kansas City is is obviously could have a letdown after a game like this. I don't see that Andy Reid allows it, but hey, I'm with Joe Burrow. I'm glad they have him. I'm glad he's in Cincinnati. You know, he's a local kid in Ohio. I think it's a great fit, and it's great for the game, for sure. Former NFL front office executive Randy Mueller joining us. You talk about Tennessee with the rust. Well, we see the same thing with the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, the Packers losing, and obviously both of them losing at home in their first game there. Uh, the, the NBA gets a hit as far as you know the regular season doesn't matter as much, but here we see two number one seeds go down. Uh, do the seeds matter as much anymore in the NFL? Oh, I think they do. I think we don't see this very often. Maybe I can't remember us ever seeing where they went down this quickly. Um, I, I think a buy matters. I thought both both of those teams would win going in. I think rest is very important. Um, I just think they got into a game where the matchups didn't favor them. They kind of had slow starts. I think with regard to Green Bay, they've been more of a ball control team all year long. I know Aaron Rodgers gets all the headlines, but it's not a fast pace, you know, run and gun uh, 70s Lakers team. They, they wind the clock. They control the line of scrimmage, and they just couldn't do that. And I think, you know, San Francisco, again, with that physicality that they bring, they play a different style. They kind of muck it up, right? They make it dirty in a muddy game, and even though it's not. And, and those matchups matter, and that's a hard one to overcome. I just think they, they found uh, their kryptonite in week one instead of week three in the playoffs like normally happens. So who's your favorite now to win it all? Well, I think after what we saw, I'm a little bit a victim of what we saw in that, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to be tough to to cool off, right? I still worry about Kansas City's defense. I just think Andy Reid, when you combine Mahomes and Andy Reid, they are a a well-drilled, well-coached, detailed team that I think carries them throughout. Um, I I do think if the Rams can beat the 49ers, it'll be a great Super Bowl matchup, but I'm going to go with Andy Reid and the Chiefs right now. I just think they don't screw anything up, and uh, I think that's hard to beat at this time. We're seeing more teams, whether it's the Bills on defense or Green Bay you know, slipping up or Tennessee throwing interceptions. These teams, you just can't make mistakes, and uh, I think Kansas City's going to make less right now than anybody else. A bunch of coaching openings in the NFL. Uh, who do you like for which jobs? Is somebody that you believe should be hired specifically? Well, I think there's going to be a fight for Brian Dayball right now, especially coming off last night, the Bills' offensive coordinator. I know he's interviewing with the Giants today. I think the Bears are in the mix. I know Miami's in the mix. I think there's going to be a tug-of-war over his services. And, again, it's time and place and take advantage of it, that's for sure. Um, I don't know what 
a couple of these teams are, are even waiting for. I do know that the, the uh, Jaguars have had their job open longer than anybody else, and they seem to have no idea what they're doing. So, uh, And I'm not sure we've seen the end of the coaching changes. I'm not sure that that Dallas is ready to put their plan in place yet. So that's still one everybody has their eye on, um, and who knows how that works out. So I think there's going to be a lot of hires the next two or three days. The, the carousel will come to a, a little bit of a pause button because, you know, the, the, the teams are lining up now, and they can have also talk to more coordinators because of the results of this weekend's game. So I think it's always a fun you know, coaching carousel time for, for NFL fans, and I enjoy it as well. So we will see. I don't have any specifics for a particular team, but I do know Dayball will be mainly the, the, the number one commodity over the next 24 to 48 hours. What's the best job? If, uh, if it were you and you had your pick of the litter, what would you take? You know, I'm going to go off the board a little bit. I think the Las Vegas Raiders is the best job. I really do. They've got a decent quarterback. They've got a good setup. I, for one, like Mark Davis and the way he does things. Now, he may seem disorganized and out of sorts, but when he does select, uh, whether it's a GM or a head coach, he will stay out of the way. He will let them run the team. He'll hold them accountable, but yet give them enough rope. I think that's a really good job. And I know you got to go against the Chargers and the Chiefs in that division, but I think the way they're set up now and, and some of the players that they have, especially on offense, I happen to like the Raider job best, whether it's as a GM or a head coach. How about Flores? It seemed like he got let go prematurely in Miami. Is he going to be able to get another one? You know, I think the more information that trickled out of Miami after his exit has kind of hurt him. Um, he's got to overcome, you know, the not being able to play nice in the sandbox syndrome. Um, obviously, the communication broke down there. They, him and the GM had some issues. They've had some team-building things that have kind of made me shake my head the last year or so. Now that's come to light in that Brian does have a tendency to change his mind. He'll sign a player, then want to waive him. So he's jumping around in his plan. And I think all these things have kind of hurt him. I think he's a really good coach. And I'm not sure that he won't end up in Houston at the end of end of all this when the music when the music stops but he's had some things that have set him back in his search for the next job when he first got let go in miami everybody thought he'd be hired within the next day or two well then the information leaked out of why and that's that seems to have kind of caused teams to pump the brakes former nfl executive randy mueller joining us is there such a thing as specifically a college coach versus an nfl coach p carroll straddled the line had success at both but then you look at urban meyer and saban and it was a disaster but yet they've been extremely successful college coaches i think it's complete apples and oranges it is a total different environment a total different way of coaching a total different mindset i don't think i could list you know, on one page, the difference is that that comes with it. That's why it's been so hard for particular coaches to make the jump. Um, I mean, it's not about recruiting. It's not about any of that at all. It's about managing men, professional men, and you have 53 of them. You don't have a 85 scholarship. So your mindset is different every day. You have to make a lot of decisions at the NFL level on a daily basis. And, hey, I spent two years with Nick Saban in Miami, so we worked hand-in-hand, hand, and I know the struggles he had. And there's no better coach in the world than Nick Saban, but it was totally different for him at the pro level. So it's a different set of dynamics. You have a lot more people involved at the NFL level that have decision-making 
power and that you have to lean on, it just makes for a really hard transition for college coaches. And that's not to say that a particular one can't do it, but it's just the deck is stacked against them um, just because the, the learning curve is so much, especially if they've spent no time in the NFL prior to getting one of these head jobs. Randy, thanks for your time. We sure appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Take care. All right, that's former front office in the NFL. He's an executive, a front office executive in the NFL, Randy Mueller. You can catch his work at MuellerFootball.com. He also works for The Athletic, talking about the NFL. Interesting that he worked for Saban, and it, he said it's apples and oranges. I like to view it as apples and kumquats, but nevertheless, he's going that there's that big of a difference. Pete Carroll, I guess, maybe might be the exception. Uh, look at, look at his coaching style, though. He was loosey-goosey at USC. He's always been a rah-rah player. Particularly with the rules, I might add. Uh, But always (laughs) been a a player's dude. My point is he's not Urban Meyer who's going to... Structure, my way, highway. Yeah, all that stuff. That's how Urban... It's kind of like working with you. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) Urban found his success that way. Pete found it a different way. And I think the way Pete Pete did it translated a little bit better to the next level. Uh, The way Saban did it more resembles Urban Urban than it does Pete. So... That's kind of my theory on that. Uh, I can see that. Uh, that's e- that's that's easy to see right off the bat. Pete was bringing Snoop Dogg to practice. Remember all that stuff? He, he opened it up to, to everybody. Will Ferrell. NFL's yeah. bringing Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar. I love it when Al Michaels talks about Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I can listen to Al Michaels talk about anything, man. I love, <laughs> Second I love Al, greatest Al broadcasting graduate of Arizona State ever. Well, DJ go there, too? DJ Khalid? Who are you talking about? <laughs> David James. <laughs> no, he's a banana slugger, whatever it is. No, no, no. Santa Baba. Uh, he didn't even gra- he didn't graduate in the field of broadcasting like I did. Are you kidding me? What did he get? An English major? Uh, I think it was soccer. It was soccer? Yeah. There, there's a soccer major. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Jake Scott. He's sitting in for the snake dog as the snake dog is off on a soccer retreat this week. Getting ready for the upcoming six-year season that is spread over 32 years as they have all the breaks for CONCAFAB. I'm going to be into it this year, though. CONCAFAB? Yeah. yeah. Not so much CONCAFAB, but uh, RSL, the new owner from Scotch Plains, which is like 15 minutes from where I grew up. The coach went to my same high school in Phoenix, Arizona. How about that? I'm getting season tickets and I'm masking up, so I'll be okay. I'll be able to attend the games. <laughs> and I wrote this piece uh, for uh, uh, the website there. And uh, guys criticizing me uh, about Stockton. Oh, PK just loves to go after people who don't share his same political views. That's what he's doing with John Stockton. They think I'm a liberal. You think I'm John Birch. What am I? I'll tell you next. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it.
Kurt Elan joining us. A lot of people are hitting the panic button on the Utah Jazz right now. Where are you at in your concern level on the Jazz? I'm probably not as panicked as most Jazz fans. It is concerning that the Laker loss and, and won a couple weeks ago, just the small ball concern is still there, right? Like that they've, hey, we're going to go with LeBron at center and it kind of works. That's concerning. I know that every time there's a slump with the Jazz, the Rudy Donovan stuff kind of percolates to the top, but it feels like with them that chemistry is a three-game winning streak, and I feel like that that'll turn around once they kind of get their bearings again and, and start playing better, but they don't seem connected on the court in the way they did even earlier this season. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5 1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Really? 36-36 tie in overtime. Chiefs first down and goal to go. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey on a push fade comeback. And the Chiefs have won this incredible divisional playoff game in overtime. Kansas City touchdown. The Chiefs going on to the AFC Championship game against the upstart Cincinnati Bengals. That's your play of the day. If you remember that, what is it uh, in the four o'clock hour, Yaki? Typically, but apparently it's been moving around a little bit. Stay tuned this afternoon to Unrivaled. Yeah, and then you can win fabulous prizes right here on your Zone Sports Network. There you go. All right. All right. Let me get reset. I'm like Locke. I can pause when I want. Locke does like to pause. (laughs) So I told you on the other side before that I would tell you what I am because I'm being accused of being a liberal here. Shocking. And you think I'm arch conservative. I do. I know you do. I'm actually registered as an independent. So, All right. I believe that. And my wife has to scream at me to vote. (laughs) To vote today? Oh, crap. Go do your civic duty. I do yeah. not think you're John Birch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you think I'm more aligned with John Stockton. <laughs> I, on this particular topic, no, I don't. I mask up. I was in California over the weekend. You had to wear a mask. I went into the pro shop. I went down to Palm Springs. It was, oh, my goodness gracious. It was gorgeous. And uh, so I forgot uh, the mask. And I said to the gal behind the counter, I said, oh, you got a mask? I... I left mine in the car, and she said, no, don't worry about it. I'm not the mask police. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Well, I just got my booster shot. I got my booster shot last week. So I said, I just got that. I can show you the vaccination card. I don't care. But we went and saw the tournament, and you had to show your vaccination card just to get in. Much like here in this building. Yeah, that kind of caught me off guard. But we had it. My wife and I have it. I am... Ready to go. So. You go out to USANA. They're doing it out there, too. Or at least they were. I did. I was there over the summer. Yep. Saw my man, Dirks Bentley. You like Dirks Bentley, don't you? Mm, yes. <laughs> His country knowledge. Drunk on a plane? Lacking. Isn't all country music about drinking these days? Somebody was telling me that. that like 80% of country music is about uh, getting hammered. It's not necessarily getting hammered. Drinking, possibly. I am going to see 
in two weeks. The 16th hole in Phoenix, you know that's the famous. Uh huh. They're having a concert there the Saturday before the tournament at the 16th hole. Craig Bentley? It's Dirks Bentley, you idiot, who actually is from Phoenix, although he moved to Nashville, obviously. His uh, first name is Frederick, but he goes by Dirks. That's his middle name. No, it is Thomas Rhett and Old Dominion. Now, you love Thomas Rhett, don't you? Oh, yeah. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy Rhett's my guy. You know, why do I get the impression that you have no idea who Thomas Rhett is? Because I don't. I don't You're, know who Kentucky-Tennessee uh, line or old whatever is. That would be Florida-Georgia line. <laughs> My old Kentucky home? What are you talking about, man? Come on. Why don't you get with it? And you know Thomas Rhett is actually Thomas Adkins, but his father is a country star, Rhett Atkins, so he didn't want to have the same name, so he just goes by Thomas Rhett, which is his middle name, but that's his father's first name. We probably should, didn't we have a point bringing up your political <laughs> persuasion on this uh, in this segment? I know we got to get to Coach Cleve. Yeah, I'm a country guy. Okay. So that must mean I'm arch conservative, right? I guess. <laughs> You're being accused of being a liberal on uh, KSL.com. I was. Yeah. When I am, I have my liberal tendencies. Absolutely. You want to get into them? Sure. Okay. Okay. Hard stop. (laughs) (laughs) Coach Steve Cleveland is coming up. I got a lot of stuff that I want to hit with him for sure. He's our basketball expert. And the great thing about Coach Cleveland, he does his homework, man. He comes prepared. So we'll have some fun coming up next. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland, is joining us. Steve Cleveland's weekly interview with DJ and PK is brought to you by Mountland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agriculture, irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Steve, uh, DJ's off. Jake Scott, who is our jazz uh, radio guy, is joining us. Uh, so first off, good morning. Good morning. And I want to get into something that's a little bit different today with you. And I know you can speak to this because I know you've been there. Um, I saw Bobby Hurley got suspended coaching at ASU. And they played at Stanford over the weekend. And the foul discrepancy was a free throw, not fouls, but free throw discrepancy. Stanford shot 41 and the Sun Devils shot nine. And including with one second to go, they called a foul on ASU with the score tied. And the Stanford guy made all three. So they lose the game. I can recall a couple of times. I, I think it might have been the Cable Car Classic. You guys were playing at, at Santa Clara. I don't remember who you were playing. I don't think it was Santa Clara, but I don't remember. And the foul discrepancy was so nuts that you looked like you were going to burst. And Dave Rose did burst. He ended up getting a technical foul in that game if I remember but 41 to 9 if you're on the 9 end of that 41 to 9 what are you thinking as a coach you know I have been in those situations and it's really frustrating uh when it's going on and and, and there's times you know I mean I coach enough games to know if we're not attacking the basket and we're playing soft that you know those things can happen sometimes but you know what officials are human 
and uh, and, and it's, it's I'm not saying officials have agendas or they got something out for you. You feel that way sometimes, especially in, and usually those things do happen on the road more than at home. But it, it it is frustrating, and I think what you have to really concern yourself with is is the players because they have they're the ones that are playing. I mean, and I and I, I have. I mean, I, I didn't get thrown out of a bunch of games or anything, and I didn't get a, a lot of technicals. But when I did get technicals, it, it, you know, it was really clear that I was upset and that I felt that we, that we were being taken advantage of. And so I do believe that coaches have to stand up for their teams. You know? And I do believe that a technical once or twice or three times or whatever is it, not a big deal. But you have to protect your guys. And the thing that irritates me in those kinds of situations is just be consistent. And, and that's what happens when you start watching games is you go, man, they're getting every call. Well, they're going north-south. They're always you know, they're attacking the basket. And, you know, you can make up those kind of excuses. They're more aggressive to the rim. That's why, you know, there's more fouls being called. But typically, I, in my experience, I, I would talk to the officials and I'd say, you know, just explain to me why they shot 27 free throws. We're two very good basketball teams here, and we shot three. What, what is it that we're not doing? I, I would just go up to them and, and not do it at a time where I'm screaming and yelling at them. I'm not going to get anything out of that. That's just going to make them upset. But I, I had good luck in terms of turning that thing at times, most times. You said, just watch what's going on here. Let me make you aware of it. There's three of you out there. <laughs> you know, somebody's got to see what's going on. Yeah, so, it's funny. Uh, I remember you did that one time. Uh, the referee's name was uh, Bill. Uh, I probably don't want to say his last name. But you were at the Marriott Center. And I forget, again, I forget who you were playing. But... All of a sudden, right, I think it was before the first media timeout, you had like four fouls called against you, and you stood up, and you said something, and he ran by, and he basically said, uh, Coach, don't worry about it, uh, we're barely into the game. And the message I took is, this thing will even out, it's one-sided right now, but talk to me at halftime, talk to me at the end of the game. Basically, he was saying, almost to the point of, it'll correct itself. Yeah, and, and it usually does. Good officials, they, they see the pace of the game. They, they see the kind of contact. And, you know, and, and some, you know, you're pounding it inside and pounding it inside, which, which we did a lot of. Our bigs got, you know, we had good bigs. And, and they got beat up and beat up. And sometimes bigger, stronger guys, when they get hit, don't fall down, you know. But they're, they're still altering a shot. It's still impeding their pass to the basket. So, yeah, I mean, I had conf- I had multiple conversations with guys on that, and there were times that we, we all get upset and kind of lose it. But I didn't I didn't really feel in in I don't know thirty seven years of coaching that I really really got taken advantage of in the free throw line. I mean, I you go back and watch tape usually go, you know what? We we were we were passive. We we weren't aggressive. We we didn't get into the lanes, and uh, so. You change your mentality a little bit, though. But I, I, I love, if you're talking to the official and you're having a conversation and it's not spirited, but it's just a hey, matter of fact, just, I'm just, this is what I'm seeing. Most officials will step back and go, let's take a look at that. Yeah, you know what, I will take a look at that and see what's going on. Because they're human, too. They're seeing the game at a pretty fast pace. And, uh, you know, coaches have another set of eyes. But in, in most in most games, I didn't feel like I ever really got taken advantage of through an entire game. But 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 definitely it happened during games. And if you handle it right, 
And don't, I mean, there are times you get technicals. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely, you got to get technicals to get people's attention, especially officials or sometimes your own players, you know. And uh, if you're always taking the path of least resistance and we're, you know, our action is east-west and never north-south and we're never creating contact and just taking you're settling for jump shots, you're not going to get a lot of calls. And you see that happen all the time. And you still see coaches get upset about it, but a lot of it has to do with how you play the game. Coach, I want to ask you uh, about what Mark Pope's doing right now at uh, at BYU. But I'll, I I played not that you care about this, but I played high school uh, tennis and uh, at Skyline here locally. And uh, my sophomore year, we had the three best tennis players, not me, in the state. And I don't think they lost a, a set all year. And uh, and we won the state championship. And our coach got the coach of the year. And I can't remember what exactly his quote was, but it was basically like, I don't know why you're giving me this award. All I did was tell those guys to go out there and play. It was the easiest coaching job of my entire career. <laughs> and uh, with what Pope's doing to continue to win basketball games, taping it together without your your bigs, is this should we be giving him more credit for coming up with game plans to to still get W's? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, there is credit to be given here because this team, you know, both of those bigs, uh, you know, and, and Baxter was bouncy and athletic, but Harvard is the guy that took up so much space, and it just made it really difficult. Now. So, yeah, the answer to that question is yes, you do give Mark Pope credit. They've had to, and every coach has to go through this. We all lose guys. You don't lose usually your two senior, and one's, well, I guess they're both senior bigs. Uh, and I don't know if they're coming back next year or what the circumstances are. But it has given them, it, this opened an opportunity. You know, once somebody's disappointment turns into an opportunity here, uh, Traore. You know, Loner is finally starting to play a little bit, but to watch Seneca Knight and Gideon George and Tiki, these guys have all grown and gotten better. And, and I know George is a senior, but but at the end of the day, he's getting to play more. And what's happened is that this team defensively is so connected and so solid, and 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 they rebounded. And I and I think that one of the one of the good things. Is when you go smaller, and, and this you consider a six 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 six, you know seven six seven guys in the post, is they can they can switch almost everything, which makes it them better defensively. They are, they already have that physicality. They ha- they have that really toughness about them, and and I think the coaching staff has brought that out in them. But a lot of them will come there, come there with it. I mean, you're talking about. Barcello as a guard is a really tough kid. Lucas, really tough kid. Nell, really tough kid. Traore and, and Gideon Knight, I thought, was a, a little bit soft when he was younger. But his competitiveness and his toughness, that all of those guys, Johnson, uh, it's just amazing to me how solid and connected they've been defensively. And, and, I, and I attribute that to the coaching staff, but I also attribute to it's it's easier to play great defense, uh, especially when you're playing two games a night or three games in a week, that you are switch everything. You can get up into people. You know, and, and I'm watching college basketball, and a lot of it looks like the NBA. And everybody is running dribble handoffs, and everybody's running screens, slip the screen, another dribble handoff try to turn the corner and go north-south, it's really hard for teams to go north-south against BYU. 
because they're literally when they're switching, it's body to body, hand to hand, and it doesn't matter. So Traore can guard a guard, Luna can guard a guard. You know, Barcello does guard and guards already, and and and, and guys like Lucas who are six three, six four, just strong bodies. Gideon, I think George is, I think he's six six or six seven. Uh, Knight, not quite as thick, but he is athletic. They're really good defensively. Really, really good defensively. It's, it's one of the better defensive teams that I've ever seen at BYU. And yet nobody would have suspected that, but a lot of it has to do with the, the, the team and how it's connected and how because of their size, their athleticism, and quickness, there's not many mismatches. You know, and, and Traore is strong enough, even though he's smaller size, against guys that are 6'10 or 6'11, he, he's strong enough to get guys off the block so they don't get comfortable there as well. And, and I, I really I think that well, I've watched most of the BYU games, and I, I think if, yes, Marcello is really special. Lucas is a really special guard. They can create and make plays, but they hang their hat on, on defending the ball. I really believe that, and, and just being together defensively. I think that's the strength of this team. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens here in conference play. And I, I think the conference is, is better. Some of the teams that haven't been very good for a I mean, I didn't expect USD to come in and give BYU a game, and they, they gave BYU a game. And, uh, they're, you know, there's four or five teams, USF, St. Mary's, they're all pretty tough. And even Santa Clara, I've watched Santa Clara play up here, and uh, – They've had some good wins. So I think the league is better than it's ever been. And uh, as, as from top to bottom, it's better. And win championships, get to postseason. You know, were, you know the old adage that, you know, great offense puts people in the seats and defense wins championships. Well, I think you need both. But I think this team defensively is really special. Our basketball insider Steve Cleveland joining us. I wanted to go a general question. You know, the NFL games were sensational, and you had spoken about Josh Allen being from a small town uh, in the San Joaquin Valley up by you guys, so you know his story probably pretty well. And it looked like they were going to win, and then 13 seconds to go, the kick, and then overtime. And you see his dad celebrating wildly when they score and looking like, wow, we're just 13 seconds away going for the ASC title game. This is awesome. And then it gets snatched away. I mean, sports can be so cruel. It's, it, it, every single person, no matter what level, has had their heart crushed. <laughs> and I'm sure you've been in that situation. You had some NCAA tournament games, particularly that one yep. against Syracuse at over in Denver that it looked like you had an opportunity yep. to win. I remember being in the locker room, and gosh, it couldn't have been any worse. And can you speak to how it is from a coaching perspective uh, to put everything into it and then to come up short and just how difficult it is to deal with and, and get over? Boy, you know, those are very, very, very difficult times, especially when, you know, especially when you get into meaningful times of the year where it's in a, it's in tournament play. It, it's uh, in, you know, playing for championships. It's playing to get to the NCAA tournament or, Maybe just even getting to the NIT and how critical and big this game is to, for the, whatever program it is to take the next step. And, you know, last night I'm watching that, and I'm over at my son's. It was his birthday. And, and, and I, we do have friends that uh, are friends with the Allens. And, and, and so there's a connection that I don't know him personally. But I especially look at the journey this kid took 
you know, Fireball High School, some small high school in Central Valley. Goes to Reedley Junior College, which no one's heard of, and and you know, down by you know, southeast of Fresno, and uh, and then he plays at Wyoming, which you know they've had some good football teams, but I wouldn't say that's the real elite high level football in terms of top twenty teams in the country. And to see this kid perform like he did, I mean, I, I'm telling you right now that my grandsons and my son, just because like we've got a connection. And I and listen, I I love Kansas City. And I love Coach Peter. I mean, I, I love their, my homes. I mean, it's like I always pull for Kansas City. I found myself last night pulling for an underdog, a guy that who had just done something special. And when that happened, man, I'm telling you, right, it kind of ruined my evening for about 20 or 30 minutes. It's like you know, I got so, I hardly ever get engaged now that I'm not coaching in a team. My grandsons maybe, but I just don't get engaged. Last night was one of those nights. And so I can remember you, you talked about, you know, us playing Connecticut, UConn, and us playing Syracuse where we had opportunities in the last minute of the game to win the game, make a free throw, and, you know, whatever it might have been. And those are, those are they are. They just make your gut ache. <laughs> to be honest with you. you, you just, you feel so badly because you, you know, and the reason you feel bad is because you've worked so hard, you've done everything to get there and you love these kids and you want them to be successful. And uh, yeah, it's just like falling off a two story building flat, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh. And, and, and you're resilient. You get through it, you work through it. Uh, but when those things happen at the end of the year, it lives with you a little bit. And eventually you just got to get out and get back on the road recruiting and get back out doing and keeping yourself busy. And eventually that really strong feeling in your gut that felt bad goes away. And all of a sudden you realize that, you know what, there's light. There's light at the end of the tunnel here. We're going to go find better guys. We're going to go get guys here. We're going to do some different things schematically. And you just start, that's what you do each year. You just take, take one more step, try to get yourselves a little better. But it, it, it is heartbreaking. I'd be lying to you if, you, if I didn't say that because it, you, you just get really – and, and you know what? The highs, the euphoria that comes from winning games like that, last-second shots, uh, it's, it's just absolute jubilation. You know, and guys are hugging each other and the, the chemistry of a team. And, and the funny thing is, oftentimes, through our losses and through our challenges, is when we make the greatest growth and develop the greatest chemistry – and and that's what pulls teams together, and I mean, and I and I consider most of the teams I, I've coached. I mean, I, there's a few teams that I look back and we could have been more connected, but I usually had really good relationships with the guys. Our coaches had good relationships with the guys, and so it wasn't just one guy hurting because he missed a one-on-one free throw or turned the ball over. It's everybody, and I I saw that. I mean, last night Mahomes, rather than celebrating, runs trying to find. You know, Alan, he went, where is he? And, he? you know, and he just embraces him, hugs him, because he knows what he feels like, because he's had that same experience. That kind of respect in competition, uh, fans sometimes maybe don't notice, but uh, you, you do as a coach. So, yeah, I, I felt bad for them last night. I'm, I'm, I mean, I love the Reeds, and you know, I, I pulled for them forever. But for last night, it was the, the little kid, that, the young boy from – Fireball that went to Reedley College that went to Wyoming and finds himself on the biggest stage in sport and just shines and still didn't win. And so it's, it's not it's not fun sometimes, but uh, it's, it'll be back. And 
but um, like I said, I've always rooted for Kansas City, but for, for whatever reason, I kind of got emotionally attached to, to this kid from the Central Valley, just knowing his story and knowing his family. If the Jazz can find the right move out there at the trade deadline, what should they be looking for? What should priority one be? I, I mean, it's, talk, it's been talked about a lot, but I mean, you know, it's like, do we need a 3 and D guy? Do we need a wing? Do we need another athletic wing that can defend? Uh, number one, they need a healthy team and get everybody out of health and safety protocols and get healthy. I mean, I watched the game yesterday, but they, they do need someone that can defend, but I don't think we're going to take someone that can defend at the expense that we're going to give up the ability to, to, to score as well. Uh, I, I, you guys are closer to this than I am, but I, I do believe they need a presence defensively and uh, th- that on, on a, another defender on the wing. And I, I know that's been talked about, but you just do because Bogdanovich and Engel, those those guys have such high cues. And Bogdanovich had a great look at that last night. I mean, he had a great great look at it. And and I and I watched their team struggle. And obviously, when you don't have Mitchell, it it, it really hurts. And because he's a guy that is going north south all the time. I mean, Conley and Bogdanovich and Engel. Uh, you know, all of them, but really, O'Neal, they struggled. You know, Clarkson's good at it, but Clarkson has kind of been in a struggle mode himself. But they've only got a couple of guys that can really go north-south, get into attack, create help, and get situations. And, and that being said, Utah is, is a really good offensive team, and they haven't been playing well lately. And they've had, I think the last four games, they've lost three of them to the Lakers, the Rockets, and and the Warriors, but that Warrior game, they're certainly in a position. And, and the other thing I think, too, is that as we evaluate teams and try to figure out what they need, um, that changes. <laughs> and, but, but for me, I think if I'm, I'm the Jazz, I'm looking for a 3 and D guy that's athletic. You know, a guy like Jay Crowder who, is, 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 he, you know, he knows his role, does what he does. He can hit open threes, but he can guard. And, and especially he can stop that kind of penetration. Um, that, that's that's what I look at in terms. I mean, they've had you know, Rudy Gay's come in and and been a great addition for him. Done some nice things, but but last night it, it, it was a struggle. And Jordan Clarkson has to play better. You know, listen, I he I, you, everybody loves that kid, but he's just going through a rough patch right now, and he's just got to get his confidence back. And again, it's the same thing when you play certain teams who lock up, defend everything. They'll, you know, on ball screens, they'll double ball screens, they'll red or black ball screens, and, and not allow. they, they got to create space. Donovan Mitchell creates space. He can do that on his own without an offense. And when he can do that, and they come and help, boom, you get contested shots that aren't nearly as contested as you would if you're just passing it around the perimeter. That's one of the things for me, as I watch the NBA, and uh, and, it's, and in college as well, everybody's running the same action. <laughs> and not everybody, but probably 75% of the teams, everything is a handoff to a ball screen, to a slip on, on the screen, to another ball screen, to another handoff. It is so perimeter, and the majority of that movement goes east-west because everybody's switching. And so it's like a wall. It's, it's like I, you know, I talk about this on the show, but I – 
it, it's hard. It's hard for me to watch the Los Angeles Lakers play, even though it's a place where I grew up and I pulled for them forever, because they every shot they take is closely contested. And, and there's a difference between closely contested shots and those where you have a foot or two and you have space and, and the defender has a hand up, but it doesn't impact your shot. And the more the more you play where it's static and there isn't that north-south or it, it, or spread the floor with back cuts, curl cuts, just get things spread out and have different action, that's why the Suns, and that's why Golden State both. And Golden State didn't play great last night, but they do things differently than a lot of teams, and, and, and the Suns especially. There's no question. I mean, you don't know where they're going to go. They're going to make a front cut, a back cut, a curl cut, but there's constant movement. It's hard to guard those types of teams. And so the, with Donovan Mitchell, uh, Conley, Conley can get into the seams, but he gets stuck. And he's a guy, too, that's been in the, year, the league for 16 years or so, whatever it is. He, he's not going to be your penetrator. He's going to be a shooter, and he can flat-out shoot it. He's got great leadership. But they've got to have guys that can break people down and get shots for other people. And, and you look at the best teams in the you're just taking a look at the Suns themselves. They they got constant movement. It's just not standing on the perimeter and handing the ball off, dribble handoff. Okay, we're going to set another ball. And I know the ball screen is a big part of it because you have a shot clock and there's not a lot of time. But for a lot of teams, the the, the matchups are difficult for them. And so you you got to be able to do things a little bit differently. But I do believe when Mitchell comes back and. It, Hopefully Clarkson gets back into it. They'll be okay. I still think it's a three and B guy, but I, I do believe. I watch a lot about the NBA, and I'm just so tired of watching guys taking tightly contested shots. I think can you not do something, create some kind of action where we can create space where everything isn't just absolutely in your face contested. And now these guys are so good that they still make shots, but over the length of a full game that's going to wear you down and all of a sudden you're going to go through shooting slumps and so for me it's fun to watch the suns and to watch golden state and it's miami does a lot of different stuff as well i mean you know cleveland plays really different but 80 percent of this league plays the same and it's whoever has you know the better players the better schemes but for the most part you don't have to spend a lot of time. You spend more time on what individual strengths are and what the players' strengths are and take those things away than worrying about the action because the action is pretty much the same. They know we're going to see game in and game out. We watch the same thing in the NBA. And, and, and it's not to say the whole everyone does it, but that is the trend, and it's the trend in collegially too. So I always tried to create space so that we could have shots, not wide-open shots. We get those once in a while. But create enough space where guys feel comfortable. And, and so run action away from the ball, run action on the ball where people are back cutting and front cutting and doing different things. And I, I just, I, I, listen, and these guys that are coaching in college and the NBA, they're brilliant people. They've got great staffs. But I think the general direction of offense in college and basketball is really familiar to everybody because that's what everybody's kind of doing. Coach, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Have a good week. All right, that's Coach Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. We'll come back and get you up to date. Hit uh, some jazz. Uh, we haven't hit that enough yet with uh, Jake Scott joining us. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This 
is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. Kurt Elan joining us. A lot of people are hitting the panic button on the Utah Jazz right now. Where are you at in your concern level on the Jazz? I'm probably not as panicked as most Jazz fans. It is concerning that the Laker loss and, and won a couple weeks ago, just the small ball concern is still there, right? Like that they've, hey, we're going to go with LeBron at center and it kind of works. That's concerning. I know that every time there's a slump with the Jazz, the Rudy Donovan stuff kind of percolates to the top, but it feels like with them that chemistry is a three game winning streak and I feel like that that'll turn around once they kind of get their bearings again and, and start playing better, but they don't seem connected on the court in the way they did even earlier this season. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com 9 a.m. Slacker Radio headlines are brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air. Home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. Jake Scott sitting in today for the Snig Dog. The Jazz go down to defeat. And we can talk about how the Jazz are injured and, and all that. Obviously, Mitchell's their best player. But the way I looked at it, man, they blew a Golden State opportunity. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> buzzing. <laughs> because the Warriors are without Green and Clay Thompson, and Curry goes 5-20. So they're without the real Steph Curry, too. So I was disappointed that they didn't take advantage of that. So... They had plenty of opportunity to do so too. I they mean, did. they made they made mistakes down the stretch. So I, you know, not sugarcoating anything. They had probably four or five different ways they could have won the ball game last night. And I'm with you on the Bogdanovich shot. Right guy taking it. You know, he's hit game winners before. Got no problem with with Bogdanovich taking. It. I didn't like it that he slowed down, interrupted the momentum, and that it did a step back step back as opposed to pushing it or even just pulling up and shooting right there as opposed to. Slowing down and doing the step back thing, but I've got no problem with Bogdanovich taking uh, taking the shot. And Royce's putback was right there. I mean, it just short off the rim. Uh, they played hard, though. I'm glad we played that uh, that Rudy clip right yeah, but, there but, because but I, I I expect that that's minimum to me. But it hasn't happened through uh, some of these losses, and and the Jazz. I'm not going to give them credit for doing what I expect them to do. That's fine, but you can acknowledge that it hasn't always been there. I think the key okay, I'll rip them for not doing it, but I'm fine. not going to give them credit for doing the minimum. But. If they get their guys this back, high school or college, and continue to play hard, I think they'll be right back to where they were. I see no reason why they're not. I agree yeah. with that. I, I mean, get your guys back, and then you know, get pulling in the same direction and play hard every night. And I think that they're going to be right back to a top three seed in the West. I I still think they're a better team than Memphis, and I know they play Memphis on Friday, and they've got uh, or no, they play Memphis. Yeah, Memphis Friday, right? And they've got Phoenix twice, obviously, with kind of this home home weird thing. Um, I'm hoping we'll, they can split. But if if the Jazz Phoenix. are at full strength and everybody's playing hard and pulling in the same direction, I still like them better than Memphis. So that's the key. And last night, you know, you you give yourself a chance to win the ball game, even though you're shorthanded. And they played hard. Yeah, but doing they were it. shorthanded too, right? So and that that wa- that washes out. In fact, I I asked earlier, would you make that trade? We don't have Green and Thompson 
and Steph Curry goes five for twenty, you don't have Mitchell and Whiteside. Do you make that trade? I make it. The Jazz lost to the Rockets last week. They've lost to Indiana twice. They lost to Detroit a couple of weeks ago. You know, they go okay. out against the Warriors and play hard and give themselves a chance to win the game. There are a lot more examples you could point out if you really want to drag the Jazz than last night. Is that where we're at? They they played hard and gave them the chance to win the game. At the moment, yeah. Man, that that's that's a steep decline for except what for, we anticipated. Except for my perspective of the team hasn't changed. They're going through some stuff. They'll put it back together, and they're going to be what we thought they were going to be. I don't know but if at they'll the put moment, it together. I see no reason why they don't put it together. Yeah. And maybe they don't. I don't know. I'm not here to predict the future. I would have told you the uh, Yox Niners would have lost over the weekend. I don't know. But I would bet. Well, I would. I, I would anticip- have told you John Stockton would mask up. Uh, I anticipate you know? the Jazz putting it back together, being the team that we know that they are, because we've I, been watching this team for I years. I would agree with that. So that doesn't mean that they don't need to make a move either. You know, we asked Coach Cleve about that, too. Always be looking to make your team better. Better. And if I there's that need, opportunity, they, they should get do it. Past February tenth. Yes, I would agree with that. And it doesn't. If they limp all the way to the All Star break, it will make no difference to me. It my Ooh, my that's opinion. That's a long limpage. My opinion will still in the NBA. You just need to make sure you're. Yeah. In. Okay. If you're, it. It, uh, oh, I don't know about that. You're just sure you're in. They're already in. They're not gonna fall out. So why is everybody freaking out then? It's fine. Because historically, the number one or two seeds are the ones who win the championship. Because no, usually they're the best teams. Right. So if you limp the whole season, then you're not one of the best teams. Well, so you're not going to win the title. Depends on how you're playing at the end and who you uh, play against. It's very rare that the team, a team who doesn't play well in the regular season wins the title. Jazz had the best record in the league last year. How much did that matter? That's the other end of it. I'm talking about this end of it, the bad end. I'm talking about if you don't play well, can you win the title? No. Don't play well in January, you can't win the title? <laughs> no. At some point in the season. Every, not, every not a team. select snapshot. I'm talking about if you get in at the 6, 7, 8 seed or 9 or 10 now, you're not winning at all. That's just the reality. It's, I think the Rockets did it once from 6 with Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Milwaukee did it last year with 4. They were the 4 seed. Okay. But I, I'm talking about, see, if they limp to the All-Star break, they could fall sixth. Oh, no. And there's no history of winning the title from that position. You talk about it all the time. I don't care about the history of winning the title from that position. You talk about it all the time. You're going to face these teams in the playoffs anyway. Are you going to beat them or not? Who cares if you're but, the six or the seven or the four or the three? Because you're, are you going to go in? Are you going to be them seed, or not? You're not good enough to win it. You're going to play. What do you mean you're not good enough to win it? The if seven seed. You start out at you even in the playoffs, you're, but you're not good enough. What does that prove? You just got to get in in the NBA. Nah, I disagree. It's true. You got to beat those teams anyway. Right. You're right. So you want to have as much confidence. Going in, you want to have as much of a track record as possible. And now you're talking about in. something different. You're talking about confidence. Yeah, and you don't get confidence if you're the seventh seed. Yeah, but that has. There's no way Memphis had confidence that they were going to beat the Jazz last year. This year, an entirely different story. Last year, no. Okay. They were a different team last year. And the Jazz are built to win now. So if you're built to win now and you finish seventh, you sucked. Okay. You got in. 
but you're not near good enough. And this team, you're not paying $30 million of luxury tax to get in. You're paying all this money to have a legitimate shot. I think they have a legitimate shot, but I don't want to see them slip too far. It's okay to lose games now, but I don't want it to go for like six weeks. That's a huge chunk of the season. That would bother me. I would give them less and less a chance. As each week goes by and they're stumbling, losing to all those teams that you just mentioned, that bothers me. Well, I find it cute you're worried about their confidence. Hope they feel all right about it themselves. That's up to them. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to influence them one way or the other. But this is my concern. If you continue to lose, that's got to wear on your confidence. I mean, unless, In January. Yeah, well, continue. January turns into February. Turn, the word continue. Mm-hmm. Not the snapshot. The word continue. If they continue to lose, that would worry me about their chances. I mean, their chances getting out of the first round. For sure. Yeah. But I don't expect them to continue to lose. You don't care about them getting out of the first round. You're an all-or-nothing guy. You well, I know, but anyway. I say even the first round. I know. Why would that matter? Got to beat them. Oh, Got to beat who's in front of you. Because if you don't get out of the first round, now then you're it's a going, colossal disappointment. Now you're going back on all your uh, philosophy about, oh, you can, you know, your duck teams to get out of the first round. Who cares about getting out of the first round? You got to beat the teams anyway. I've heard that PK opinion a million right, times. Right, but if you don't get out of the first round, your season is it. A failure. You you pay thirty million dollars in luxury tax, and you don't get out of the first round. That's freaking brutal. Well, then don't tell me that your matchup in the first round doesn't matter. Then the team should be ducking other teams to to get. A oh, good I don't care. They can, they can do the whatever first. they want on there. I, they, they they do what they if they want to assign themselves as the four seed because they think it's better to play Phoenix. And then Golden State, I'm fine with that. Right. Whatever. Well, I don't, now I, I know the season goal is to get out of the first round. I can better per, per well, the you know, first, I can better the, process the that. The goal of the first round is to get out of the first round. Mm-hmm. The goal of the second round, probably if you have half a brain, which sometimes I wonder, you can follow my train of thought. Well, they'll be Yacht, offer- What's the goal of the second round? To get out of the second yeah, round. Yeah, but it's going to be all gravy at that point because the season's a success. They got out of the first round. You could be playing with house money. We're talking about no one at the pro level ever plays with house money. I've said that a thousand times. They got their $30 million luxury tax worth. They got out of the first round. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's this good. Team is built. Pressure's off, boys. I think if you get to the conference final, I can consider this season a success. <laughs> Anything less, I would be disappointed. All right. Now, okay. obviously, if you got to the NBA finals, that would be awesome. And then if you win it, that is the ultimate. Which I think there's a de- a decent shot. I don't think it's beyond the realm. Even though Phoenix is seven games ahead. Now, Phoenix is in a different thing, man. If they don't get to the final, they're thinking that their season was a disappointment. Well, the Jazz are never going to beat your sons. I don't know. You know, that's an impossible standard. Is that a U or an O on sons? <laughs> Which one is that? That's a U. A U? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking if they can get a split. I don't know if the Suns win it all. Yeah, I'll be a Suns fan. I know. I'll jump on the bandwagon. I know. I thought I was a Lakers fan. Now you you're... are a Lakers fan. <laughs> but how about Clippers? Not the Clippers. <laughs> you're somehow simultaneously a Dodgers and a Diamondbacks fan. Not to mention Phil's 
Oh, and the Phillies. I forgot yeah, about Phillies. that. Yeah. I never latched on to the New York teams. He also hate watches the Colorado Rockies. So. Oh, yeah. The There's Rockies. all Right. I know. Rockies disgust me. So, yeah, it's the Suns and the Lakers. Yes. What, what doesn't disgust me, you disgust me, but what doesn't <laughs> disgust me is homie. Because you can find the right way. Because with homie, finally the way real estate should be. Full service, local agents, and will save you thousands. Homie, a better way to buy or sell. We hit the NFL. The NFL was absolutely awesome. Wow. If they come anywhere near that next Sunday, it'll be sweet. What a weekend it was to watch NFL football. Absolutely love them. And Jake Scott vehemently opposed to John Stockton not masking up. Stay with us. We'll close the show next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. All right. Oh, Monday, Monday. Feedback of the day. It's brought to you by Thrive Appliance. Every day is like a holiday sale at Thrive Appliance. Save 40 to 70% of name brand appliances. Thrive is receiving truckloads of new inventory every day. Visit thriveappliance.com to shop their updated inventory. Jake Scott joining us. I only asked him once because I know he's so sensitive this whole week. The Snig Dog's on a soccer retreat. So I've got other folks coming in because I figured Jake probably couldn't handle four more days of this. Oh, really? Couldn't <laughs> handle it, huh? <laughs> no, plus you got to be up late with the Jazz. Yeah, thanks tonight. for picking Monday. Couldn't have picked Tuesday? Well, oh no, you couldn't have picked. Uh, I thought tonight, today Wednesday. was the best day because today's game was earlier, dude. I uh, I would come last in, night's game was earlier, right? I would come in with you every day. Listen, uh, you know, I'm I'm joking about the late nights because PK, I have a nine month old, and guess who's not sleeping past six a.m. every morning? The nine year old, uh, the nine, nine month, month old. old, yeah. So I'm and up. Jake Scott, I'm up and I'm here. I'm and your high powered attorney spouse. So I mean, what do you, do you? So you haven't given the nanny the key, so you have to let her in. We we don't. We haven't gone the nanny route. <laughs> Although uh, you know, probably would make some things easier. But no, haven't gone down that road yet. You know, the funny thing, and DJ and I have discovered this. I'm sure you have. You've been doing radio a long time. You can have the greatest takes on sports, but if there's something that resonates with people, uh, that's what they want to talk about. And this Stockton thing resonates. Uh, you know, him being Gonzaga, barring him from attending home games. And I'm looking at some of the comments. Always like John Stockton. Love him even more now. Majority of the people do not wear masks. Church, store, sporting events, most are wearing masks. That speaks volumes to where most people are with this whole thing. Over it! Much respect to John. I thought that there might be a few uh, people that would support him. Although... This is the one time fans should be happy Stockton didn't get the assist. Oh! This whole mask thing is crazy. Uh, No matter what side you're on. I wear it if I'm told to. If I'm not told to, I don't. Simple as that. I got the shots. So don't be brandishing me as far you know what. I fall in line with, uh, with Democrats. Some of my best friends are Democrats. I've even got Democrats in my family. I don't talk to them very much, but, you know... I like what Mick Cronin said, the UC Los Angeles coach. He said, so we played basketball at Pauley Pavilion. We couldn't have any fans. And later on that night, there's 80,000 people at the Rams game and the Laker game is sold out. (laughs) 
<laughs> explain that, Mr. Liberal. Uh, I could not explain that. That does not make any sense. <laughs> oh, he, Siaki knew that I was talking to him. See? He just knew it. He said he heard the, the phrase. Right, but your head was down. You weren't even looking at me. I just said, explain that, Mr. Liberal. I could have been speaking generally, but you immediately answered because that's the. I've outed you, buddy. That's who you are. Quit denying it. Be proud of your liberalness. Welcome to the DJ role. <laughs> I know. I've, I've been here enough. I got it. <laughs> All right. You can get more of Mr. Liberal and Ben Anderson for the next two hours because they are next. Thanks to Jake Scott sitting in. Riley Jensen will join me tomorrow. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone.